0: and welcome to to the Battle Games and Middle-Earth podcast, all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 79 of the podcast and we're throwing dice and we're meeting men today in Of Dice and Men. That's the tournament we're heading off to in this episode, heading up to Ripon in Yorkshire, which I, I may be wrong about this, but I certainly, I certainly feel like I've spoken about this uh, tournament before um, Will Champion, who we've had regularly on the podcast over the years. Um, he he is probably one of the first podcast uh, uh, sorry tournaments I went to. Certainly, uh, uh, certainly early on in, in my career, as it were. Um, he used to run lots of uh, tournaments in the Ripon area in North Yorkshire, um, sort of out of uh, a pub, uh, which was lovely, um, and so on. But since he's kind of outgrown it, I guess, and has now found a place returning to um, somewhere near Ripon, uh, a a little village hall, uh, to run a 700-point tournament, uh, seven rounds, two hours each, uh, and some and some kind of fun hijinks. So, um, before we get into building an army, I just want to kind of give give you a bit of a sense of of some of the changes for this tournament. And obviously, we'll talk a little bit about my army and what I was thinking when I came up with it. Um, I, I'll be honest; I wasn't thinking very much. But um, essentially, there's some there's some slightly different tweaks to the um, to the to the rules, like the actual rules, not just tournament things but you know sometimes you have tournament specific special rules or scenarios and all that sort of stuff but um basically the uh Will has come up with some ideas that he thinks will improve the game so he's gone straight into it and gone you know what I'm just going to try these out in this tournament so this is what he's done he has done two special rules special rule number 1 is a striking display he's calling it uh, and it's when models a heroic strike their fight value can be increased beyond 10, there is no cap, which is which is kind of cool, I really like the idea of that, I mean, you know, uh, people like gil Gallad and Elendil and all that sort of stuff, uh, the higher fight higher fight you are, you know, the better, you know, you can't just be pipped by a lucky, um, you know, if you both roll a 6, you can't be pipped by a lucky Hunter Rock that gets to the 10 and then wins the, the roll off or something like that, so I can see the value, although I guess it sort of decreases the value of some of those little plucky little heroes, that, you know, beating the... The big big boys, which I kinda like about the game. But anyway, it's an interesting, so it's a little bit of a twist that I'm quite quite in, intrigued to see whether it'll actually change anything. The next one is now this is this is a bit more complicated. Um that it's called the balance of power. And essentially it means whenever players are involved in a 50-50 roll-off to determine the order of the resolution of the heroic move, shoot, heroic combat, heroic actions, both players should keep a track of who wins that roll-off. The next time this would occur, the player who lost the previous roll-off, regardless of the type of action, wins the next roll-off with a modifier of plus one to their side. In a good versus evil match, a people would win on a one to four, where conversely the good would win on a three to six, depending on who lost the previous roll-off. No, this doesn't accumulate and can never auto-win a roll-off. A player can never have a benefit of greater than plus one to their side. If a player with a plus one... Wins a roll off. The balance of power is reset. The next roll will occur normally. If the player with the plus one calls a heroic and it isn't counted, they will retain the plus one until the next time a roll off is required. So, the only thing that I can see that could be a different uh, could be a bit of an issue with this one is that heroic moves are instrumental. Heroic combats aren't always instrumental as to which one goes first. So you could potentially be like, well, I won the heroic move, or I lost the heroic move, or something like that. I don't know. Um, so now I will get a plus one to my heroic move next time. Then your opponent could then potentially say, "Well, I'm going to call a heroic combat um, because you've called a heroic combat, even though it's not necessarily as important um, as yours." But it, you know, it's not going to be a downside if my hero kills a few extra people. But then you, you know, it means that I need uh, you know I definitely get that guaranteed plus uh, you know sort of balanced. Roll off the next turn. So, or I hope that makes sense what I'm sort of saying there. But either way, you know, I think heroic moves perhaps are more important. Uh, in order, uh, and heroic, than heroic shoots or combat, so uh, interesting idea, let's see how it works in practice when we get to the tournament, um, but yeah, so that's, that's the tournament we're going to, World Champion's running it, uh, I'm actually camping at the tournament, and um, you may have uh, remembered uh, me t- discussing this in April, or was it March, I can't remember, uh, when I went off to the scouring of Cheshire, and it snowed when I was camping, hopefully much better weather for this one, but... Uh, we are going camping that's exciting uh, so it's a little bit different because it's a little village there's night no hotels and um, Baek do I not want to drive um, to to where I'm meant to be staying because you know I like to have a tipple there's a quiz and all that sort of stuff so very exciting uh, looking forward to the tournament but I haven't yet decided what i'm going to take to it so I best do that and build a an nice
1: build me a army worthy of
0: so, as I mentioned, building in an army, and um, I've got a confession to make. Um, I've made a bit of an error, not in the Army list. Um, I'll come to that in a second. Um, I've made an error in the sense that I think I may have a while ago teased ahead to a tournament that i was doing um that i recorded and i did the interviews out and so i may if you're listening and you played me at that tournament and are wondering what happened to it uh, this was at the gates of gondolin also in yorkshire in weatherby um i think that's the right one it's certainly in weatherby um and i recorded all these interviews built an army and it had the last outing of the numenor and um rivendell and unless I'm just being an absolute moron and have called it something completely different and it's gotten lost in the archives I don't think I ever released that podcast so um, do let me know if you think I did release the podcast and you've heard um, Ellendil and Gil Gallad riding to war Um, because I I, I don't think I did (laughs) I think I recorded it and I think around that time it was all my sort of at stag do's and stuff like that. So I, I had a bit of a, a dry spell of tournaments. So uh, and then I had a couple of one days over a couple of months. So I might have just done the one days first. I can't really remember. But either way, somehow it's just gotten dropped off um, the radar and gone missing. So um if I haven't done that, let me know. Uh, if you haven't, well, if you actually if you if, it, if you have heard it, let me know uh, because. I don't know what happened to it. Either way, it will come out eventually, but just not straight away because uh, I kind of moved past it, and I want to catch up with all the, the most current ones, and then delve back into that archive to find out what what we did with the uh, uh, with uh, Elendil and Numenor and um, and Gilgalad and stuff. So, so yeah, that will return. The end of the the Numenor uh, story will continue, um, but in the meantime, I want to continue something from the last episode. So, you will have heard Ardicon, um, where I took 650 points of Pits of Dol Gulda to Ardicon. And I thought, Billy Big Bulls over here thought it was going to be ace. I going to have an Azog, I was going to have the Keeper of the Dungeons, I was going to have a Captain with a Shield, and I was going to be, like, smashing it up with 650 points worth of dudes, with Thrain the Broken in support, just because it's funny. Um, and then... And then basically I got absolutely fisted for the whole tournament. I think I won two games out of six. Um, I wasn't best pleased. I mean, I enjoyed the tournament. I had a lot of great games. um, But I was a little disappointed, I'll be honest. I'm not going to lie about it. Um, So, yeah. So I thought, this time, I'm going to do the same again. I I, I genuinely think it's still a good army. Um, Maybe I was just bad at using it. Maybe it was just a really tough list. Uh, or tough opponents um, I did play some really good players um, but I wanted to give it another go I feel like there's more potential in it so this time we've got an extra 50 points to spend compared to the last time and I, I didn't reinvent the wheel um, because basically I don't have enough models to reinvent the wheel um, in this list I've got the number of Hunter Orcs I've got I've got the number of Wargs and all that sort of stuff I've got I just added a few extra Gundabad guys so um, let's just summarise it anyway We've got on the White Wag, for 215 points. We've got three Hunter Orcs with bows for 9 points each. We've got six Hunter Orcs without bows for 8 points each. That is still ridiculously cheap. Uh, Then we've got a Felwarg for 8 points. We've got 3 Gundabad Warriors with Spear, 1 Gundabad Warrior with Spear and Shield, and 1 Gundabad Warrior with Banner, Spear and Shield. Uh, Then we've got the Keeper of the Dungeons. He's got 6 Hunter Orcs with him. He's got 3 Gundabad Orcs with Spear with him. He's got 2 Gundabad Orcs with Spear and Shield, and then a Felwarg. And then finally we've got uh, the Gundabad Captain with Shield. He's got 2 Warriors with Spear, a Felwarg, 4 Hunter Orcs, one Hunter Rock with bow, and two Gundabad Warriors with spear and shield. And then we've got Thrain the Broken. So that's a list. It's 46 models. It's, uh, I can't remember how many points of might, six on Azog with his white wag, three in the Keeper Dungeons and two. So, you know, that's nine, 11 points of might, which is pretty damn good at 700 points. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the with with this. Maybe I could do with a few more bows. I, I made the mistake last time at Ardicon of just sort of thinking i don't really need any bows i'll just i'll just march straight into the uh, the the jaws of any any bow firing armies and then kind of went ah this is awful <laughs> i got absolutely torn to bits losing about 10 of those models each time so uh, i thought this time basically the addition was the five gundabad warriors with spear and shield um so I've got a bit more Defence 6 in the army so I can maybe if I'm coming against something horrible I've got a lot of bows to face up against I can put the Gunnabar Warriors with Spear and Shield at the front um, protecting some of the Hunter Orcs maybe Um, realistically they're still going to find their way through the gaps I'd have thought but we'll see we'll see what happens we've got 7 games to play through I've got Lots of models, lots of my, lots of all this excitement, and I really can't wait to have a go because I really want to prove that um, this army is actually decent. And um, you know, I've heard heard good stories about it. People say that it's it's good. I've I've heard tournaments been won with it, and um, you know, some top top highfalutin players are using this list uh, or have done but it doesn't seem to be have kind of captured the imagination it's not like it's everywhere um, which I'm kind of surprised by so uh, you know I like to run podcast I like to run armies for the podcast uh, that are a little bit different um, hence why I ditched the Dragon Emperor as soon as everyone started using it uh, I don't want to, I just. I think it's a bit boring uh, for me to keep using the same things um, and certainly to keep using the same things as uh, everyone else is using so I'm quite happy to try something a little bit spicy, a little bit different which I'm going to do for this tournament so can't wait to do that um, yeah, so that's good excited to crack on so with all that in mind we've got the army ready to go to the tournament so it's time for the return of... Riddles in the Dark. I'm precious. precious. Yes, that's right. Riddles in the Dark returns after the last episode where we, where we teased you with a clip from The Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit movies. And you just had to tell me what... The person says, oh, well, who speaks next and what they say. So a little bit of a clip that sounds something like this. You just need to tell me who speaks next and what they say. Uh, the email is entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you think you know the answer to the riddle in the dark, now we're going to roll this one over to next week, not because we haven't had lots of entrances, but just because there's not been much time between the podcasts Um, so I thought I'd just just, uh, the next episode, sorry not next week it could be weeks until we do another uh, podcast, I don't know Um, but uh, I'll give you plenty of time, plenty of warning um, to have another bash because there's a prize, and I want everyone to have a good chance at getting the prize uh, the prize is an episode uh, sorry an issue of the SBG magazine uh, this is a fantastic magazine produced by uh, Damien O'Burn and Tom Harrison uh, it's really really incredibly well put together it's it's properly professionally done the uh, the magazine is, is fantastic this is the latest edition that i'm giving away this has got helms deep and an enormous, enormous battle report uh, including it. It's really, really fantastically well done, and it looks great. It's got painting guides, it's got uh, battle reports, it's got lots of sort of lovely little um, think pieces on their favourite heroes and uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, well, well worth checking out um, if you haven't already. And, of course, don't buy it yet necessarily, although maybe you should, just go for it. Um, because you might be in for a chance for winning the prize if you can guess who speaks next and what they say in this clip. eventmootpodcast at gmail.com if you think you know who speaks next and what they say uh, after that clip in the Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit film. So uh, let's just have a quick run through the email inbox because uh, people have been getting in touch. I'm not going to read all of the emails out. I'm just going to give you a sort of uh, run through of, of who's been in touch so people know that they've, uh, the emails have arrived. So uh, first of all, Charles Sadler, you've been in touch and you are correct. So you're in with a chance to win that magazine. Same with James Fotherby, and Sean Spruill, very good, very good. Well done to you both. You're in with a chance to win that SBG magazine. Uh, next, we have a message from David Lambert. Now, he does uh, answer the podcast, uh, give a go at the Riddle in the Dark, but he has a a message too. He says... Firstly, thank you for a fantastic podcast between your podcast and Battle Camper, It's definitely your fault I found my way back into this great game. Big shout out for Battle Camper there. I also feel obliged to acknowledge the amazing support you have from your better half. Having a very supportive wife myself who tolerates me playing toy soldiers, it feels like they're the unsung heroes behind the hobby. I'm not norm- normally able to write in as I listen to you in the car, but I do believe the answer to the riddle is Aragorn Strider battle of Helm's Deep saying how long do you need and responds as long as you can give me no idea if this is right but tr- keep up the great work there you go that's David Lambert and I'm giving you a shout out and I've revealed what you've guessed at because of course David you're wrong I'm really sorry you are wrong I would say you're warm but you're not quite right so feel free to get in touch again entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you think you know who speaks next we'll play the clip uh, in a few minutes' time again, uh, Zach Sherlock's been in touch. He is correct. John O W is correct, and he also likes hearing about Azog and the Hunter Orcs. So, uh, thanks very much for getting in touch, John O, and Zach as well. Uh, read your emails properly next episode. Uh, Daniel Marshall's also been in touch. He's correct. He also uh, says uh, uh, dr- drops a message about. Uh, this very tournament and this is a this is the surreal uh, situation this thing because i'm recording this after the tournament um i i piece together bits as i as i go and try and make it all make sense at the end but daniel marshall gets in touch and says first off i want to say what a pleasure it was meeting you at of dyson men we we don't hear from him in the podcast, so it, it, it maybe I should just rejiggle things this time. But anyway, hey, thanks very much for getting in touch. And says again, very uh, sorry for f- uh, for fancying out a bit and asking you to sign my Entmoot Notepad. Thanks again, by the way. Uh, fan I, I guess he means fanboying um because uh D- daniel is an absolute gentleman um he's a patron supporter um if you go on to and uh, sorry patreon.com slash games in middle earth you can support the podcast uh you get stuff occasionally i'll get you merch and things like that i've got some uh, more widgets to send out that are different sizes for the goblins and dwarves among us uh, find out more when you get them um And there's also, like, some... I'm starting to do a bit more exclusive content uh, at the moment. I'm dropping a few videos and bits onto Patreon um, just because I'm aware how much people are supporting me and it's really fantastic. So, um, anyway, uh, sort of diversion there, um, thank you so much Daniel, he says, hopes hope to see me again and maybe even on the tabletop um, so Daniel, thanks very much there's no wor- worries about uh, fancying out I think that was just an autocorrect from fanboying out a bit and asking me to sign the notepad I did genuinely find it a bit cringe um, that, that's only because uh, I don't see myself as a, a celeb, because like, you know, a hundred people or something like that listen to the podcast mate. well, it's a few hundred I think um, but uh i i guess if you like the podcast and you want me to sign it then i will ab- happily oblige uh with pleasure um, but yeah a bit orcs. anyway let's move on um, before i uh, i still keep blushing um someone else has emailed in with an answer to the um uh, the riddle in the dark saying uh, they're called axes of the dwarves I don't know if that's their real name. It would be a cool uh, thing on your birth certificate. But either way, whoever you are, Axes of the Dwarves, you got it right. Um, uh, Andrew Di Giorgio says, Dear Harry, I'm absolutely stumped by the riddle, but do want to express that I love the riddle segment and look forward to possibly being able to solve one in the future. That's that's lovely. Andrew, thank you very much. It it is something that I'm I'm aware that I've sort of let let fall behind uh, by the wayside uh, as we move into the questions that need answering. I think the questions that need answering is has been popular with some people and maybe less popular with others. Um, so I'm going to try and continue doing a mix at some point and ask some questions that need answering and do some riddles again. Uh, maybe for stuff like this, uh, for competitions, the riddle and the dark works much better, which I like. So it's you know uh, keeping them fresh, keeping the podcast fresh. That's always what I'm I'm all about. So uh, thanks, Andrew. Either way, um, for the support. Uh, do do just guess. Uh, have a go at the riddle in the dark, um, and I'll put you in the uh, put you in the drawer anyway. Uh, Chris Ort Young has also gotten in touch, but this is about the questions questions that need answering. That's right, the question that needs answering. So, um, we did sort of touch on this in the Arda controversy segment of the podcast uh, last week. I was sort of having a bit of a think and a bit of a, a of an a, a amble in my own mind about um, how. How kind of fair it is, or or whether it's okay to do a draw and all this sort of stuff, and um, I think I think people were generally um, of of kind of two minds that I've spoken to. Um, I haven't had loads of response on this one, so there is time, uh, still to get in touch about this if you think uh, you want to know or you you want to get sending your sort of two pence worth on. Um, whether it's okay to agree to draw in order to get to the final of Ardicon. Um, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to press the issue because I'm uh, quite happy to just move on. Um, but I did think um, this one is is a particularly interesting email from Chris Young. Uh, Chris Young says, Hi Harry, my biggest disappointment uh, with the whole situation is that since joining uh, the MESBG community just in the last year, the community has been amazing. This just, this whole thing, I'm, par- I'm sort of adding some bits here. This whole thing just doesn't really help the competitive game as a gamey viewpoint that people have already, which I don't believe is true, and really not that I have much to worry about as I'm now going to play ends. It makes me worried that if I got to the top tables with some early wins, I would have to play against these kind of people. Yeah, so in summary, I previously felt uh, of the many different games I'd played, this had to- had the best community, and now I'm not so sure at the top end. I think, Chris... That this is a shame. Um, I don't think uh, I can see how you would think that, and I genuinely do. I totally get it. You know, hearing these sorts of things of sort of uh, how competitive people can get right at the top and the, the desire to win and all that sort of stuff, and um, it, it does kind of make you wonder. Oh, is that mm, what is that what I want at the top tables of this sort of tournament? So there's two um, two things I would say to that. One is if you do find yourself playing against a competitive player at a tournament and you are you know you find you've you've got lucky or whatever and you get to there and then you just get handed a, a 12-0 loss that doesn't mean you're going to have a bad game it doesn't mean the person's a bad person and it certainly doesn't mean they're not fun or friendly so um i think i'd try and dispel that i've never had a game against someone in this community um well, okay that's not necessarily true i've had a couple in the hundreds of games that i've had at tournaments and i mean hundreds uh you know i've done Twenty, thirty tournament. I must have done. I can't remember. I think I've done twenty or plus tournaments over the, uh, every year for the last few years, um, except during the COVID times. And and that six games a tournament. You know that is hundreds of hundreds of games. And I would say among all of those hundreds, I've probably had one, maybe two or three. So one definite game where I felt like I didn't want to play the person anymore. Um, and two or three, where maybe I thought that, that someone was a bit, you know, suspect or a bit sort of, a bit gamey, as you've put it. And that, but that's like less than one percent. It genuinely is less. Like three in hundreds. It might be one percent. Like it, it's it's really not worth worrying about. And if you do get, to, you find yourself to the top play, top tables with some early wins, and finding yourself having to play against these kinds of people as you put it you probably won't even know you probably won't notice because they're lovely people and I I will defend these people um, to the hilt because you know I know them I've gone to lots of tournaments I've played them Uh, they've played against me I've beaten I've never beaten Jake Rawson um, but I've played against Jasmine um, who we talked about last week and I've beaten Jasmine she's beaten me plenty more times than I've beaten her but I have had a chance and and played against her and beaten her and she was as lovely as she was when i was winning as she has been when uh uh when she was winning so don't worry is what i would say don't don't think that this whole situation is ruining the community it certainly isn't and as i've said 99% of the games are brilliant the top table players are often just as nice as the middle or bottom players or whatever and and as i've said if you want to play competitive games and you want to try and win those competitive games and get to the top to the top of the tournament of course you're going to play a different type of game and if you lose games and you know you play at sort of a different level you'll end up playing the similar mindset anyway that's the great thing about the swiss ranking system is that mostly it sort of puts you into your especially at the bigger tournaments it puts you into your bracket and you'll have a decent time. So that I I'll, I'll I'll sort of leave it there essentially. But Chris, I really do appreciate you getting in touch and I'm really glad that you've um, expressed your disappointment because I'd imagine there's more than just you who have expressed that disappointment and I hope I have gone in some way to assuage your concerns about going to competitive tournaments because whether it's Articon with 200 or oh, nearly 200 players or your local with 20 people you're still going to have some people who are going to want to play competitive games no matter what even if it's the fluffiest tournament in the world in fact I've been to some tournaments that aren't in the GBHL league which are have been more sweaty and more gamey than um, some uh, some 100 pointers I've been to that are sort of the top tier league games so um, yeah I would just say try and enjoy yourself no matter what you, ha- what you do if you play with the right attitude the player you're playing against will adopt the similar ap- attitude and if they don't you know then they're a douchebag <laughs> that's it and i haven't met many of those uh, in the tournament uh, tournament scene uh, despite what people say so, certainly in the spg tournament scene anyway that is that uh, that is the questions that need answering feel free to contribute your questions or your points on the drawing system uh, whether it's okay to agree to a draw all that sort of stuff uh, get in touch entmootpodcast.gmail.com just going to finish off that riddle in the dark as well. We've got to uh, round that off even though we've played the, uh, the questions that need answering jingle. Uh, let's just remind you of that riddle in the dark clip and you've just got to email in who speaks next and what they say. Let's listen. <laughs> who speaks next and what do they say? bentmootpodcast at gmail.com I'll put the email address in the show notes uh, uh, on the podcast on uh, SoundCloud and other stuff uh, and I'll play the riddle right at the end of the podcast again just for your listening delectation. Now, we move on. We've got Gundabads, we've got the pits of Dol Gulda, we've got the resistance to magic, we've got Azog with his six might and his free heroic combats but no armor. Uh, we've got Thrain the Broken, will he be able to do anything useful this time or will he just keep killing my own or getting killed by my own? Let's find out as we head off to Of Dice and Men.
2: Oh,
0: I'm already late. Late for what? I'm going on an adventure. Game one here of Dice and Men. We're in a very warm hall uh, in Ripon in Yorkshire. Uh, it is getting very sweaty. And we've already played uh, first first game against Alan Cameron. And Alan, uh, just give me a bit of a rundown of your army. Uh, we're playing Fog of War to kick things off. Uh,
3: Yeah, so uh, I've brought Galadriel, Haldir, uh, a bunch of uh, Galadrian warriors, uh, Fountain Court Guard, one sentinel, uh, and uh,
0: Legolas as an ally. Legolas from the Fellowship. And so you haven't got on with the armor or anything for Legolas, so it's squishy Legolas, <laughs> but a lot of Ls. With 32, 34? 34, uh, 34 models altogether,
3: and 11 bows plus Haldir and Legolas.
0: Yeah, so a lot of shooting. Uh, and I've, I've mentioned already my sort of distaste for shooting with my Hunter Orcs Defense 4. Though I suppose against Elven Bows, the Defense 4 is not much different to Defense 5, I guess. But anyway... Um, so, in the first couple of turns we, we, we sort of, will reveal the, the the result and what we, uh, what we're targeting uh, at, at sort of close to the end of the the, the chat. But the first couple of turns i am marching forward two two points of might from um, the captain from Dolgalda just sending everything forward and there was one thing that saved me from the shooting, which was this tiny rock in the middle. There was like, it's just these uh, little promontory that's about sort of four inches uh, tall and a sort of three inch circle or something like that. So it's not much, but it was just enough to be able to march Azog uh, and most of my army to get protect Azog from Legolas and Haldur in the first couple of turns, uh, which was pretty much instrumental, wasn't it? Uh,
3: yeah, it was, uh, it was quite frustrating. <laughs> Only about two people could see him on the first turn, so...
0: Yeah, nothing happened to him. Yeah, <laughs> not there. Exactly within the ways as well. It, he managed to survive that. But um, I, I did lose a few, not as not a massive amount of stuff in the shooting. Yeah, I think three or four maybe for the first couple of turns. Um, but other than that, it, it was fairly safe. And then, of course, um, because because you'd edged forward slightly, fog of war. You want to be capturing objectives. Uh, it, it meant that you were kind of a little bit closer than perhaps you could have been if it was just a straightforward gunline game, um, which meant that I could um, auto win priority, push Azog directly into Haldir on the third or fourth turn or whatever it was, and um, completely destroy him in one go, which was pretty brutal, it must be said. And then of course the lines are clashing there as well. So from there it was a bit of a grind.
3: Yeah. So uh, that that first round of combat, where uh, I, th- I don't think I think I won all the combats in on that one, apart from Haldir who melted. Yeah. Um, and then on the following turn, you won all the combats, and your line melted. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. It was,
0: it was it, I think I did eight dead. Was it yeah. the third turn? Yeah, it was. It was absolutely brutal. My hunter orcs absolutely chopped through everything when they won the fight. Um, the elves did really well in the first turn. They killed a, a fair few dudes, but not not anywhere near as many as I made up for in the the second round. And along alongside Azor killing Haldir, it looked like a really, really, really strong start. But then of course the. Uh, your sort of line responded a bit, and there was there was things like your um, central moving bits and bobs about. Uh, so you, you tried to move a, a, a banner about a couple of times and things like that. So so there was sort of a bit of to and fro, and you had a magic which, uh, from the first turn onwards, um, uh, Azog I think was immobilised twice. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, twice I think. Uh, you which d- is important? Yeah, yeah, it was quite important. <laughs> you, you didn't really move for about
3: four turns, yeah. uh, just because he was either immobilised or he got knocked off the warg or yeah. you know. He, he didn't get to do what he was supposed to do.
0: Indeed, after yes. He killed Haldir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he killed Haldir. So that's the start. But yeah, Legolas is uh, firing at as wild pretty much every turn to try and new to the the killing potential. I, I think in the, I think it was pretty clear. I'd worked out early on Legolas is the hero that, that you were trying to protect, Alan, and and I I, th- I guessed that right. And and from that point, Legolas was targeting Azog because he was pretty much the only threat to um, Legolas. There was. A, a big line of elves in front of him, uh, too deep, and um, my other heroes were kind of on the uh, the opposite flanks from Legolas, who was kind of hiding away. So Azog was the only real threat there. Um, and, and taking away the wang in a couple of turns time, um, was basically stopped him fighting and I had to spend a point I might just so that I wasn't prone as well on that turn as well because he'd rolled a 1, which is very frustrating. But again, uh, the just being knocked off the wild meant I couldn't do the correct combats because he couldn't strike and all this sort of stuff. So there's quite a few things going on there. Um, uh, meanwhile, Thrain is skulking up the battlefield being, being a bit of a uh, waste of space really, generally. Um, uh, and then I, I'd passed all my Courage Checks with Thrain and then I think sort of two-thirds of uh, the way through the battle, I, I sort of said, oh, well, I might as well throw him forward a bit. Uh, but I don't want, I don't want him to get you know uh, easily killed. So I sort of uh, I put him a, a few inches away from uh, my guys and uh, failed the curse check. And then you charge him into a hunter orc and a gundabad orc, which uh, immediately <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, he was uh, dispatched by, which was a pretty annoying moment. Uh, yeah, it was
3: um, it, it was entertaining. Yeah, uh, for, for my side anyway. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was unfortunate for Perth, right? and he yeah. change size at the wrong moment
0: yeah exactly at the wrong moment uh, to get uh, his head cut, uh, cut off and as, as we sort of push forward I think uh, there were there were a few opportunities for me to for example charge Galadriel which, which managed to stop some of the magic which just meant that my lines were churning through so I, I think I was having the, the the sort of advantage here in the, in the sort of movements we're Kind of locked between these two bits of terrain, one small wooden building uh, and one sort of uh, a larger wooden building on the right-hand side. Uh, and I, I was pushing through your line was collapsing slowly. I was getting to your heroes in the back rank. Uh, the banner sort of in combat in the last turn, so it's all all getting a bit sort of uh, testy. Um, but. The, the the losses on both sides were quite significant. We've both broken at this point.
3: Yeah, I think we've both broken the same turn. Yeah. Uh,
0: so sure, I think it was and, and it was the last turn. The the first turn we broke, uh, the game has just finished. Yeah,
3: yeah. So yeah. we only had one turn after the breaking and, and on that turn there was a, a another like seven elves
0: died or something yeah yeah no. it, it's been pretty brutal and um, so and in the last turn i'd managed to squeeze um a hunter walk through the line that had basically fallen apart charge legolas uh, and then um you sort of responded by counter charging and then the the one guy who wasn't in the final heroic move uh, managed to also charge legolas uh, in the back so it looked fairly plausible that, that legolas could go down in a couple of turns time alas uh, he won that combat and uh, and and the game ended on the roll of a one this time. So so it was it was a little 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 frustrating because I th- feel like maybe in a couple of turns time uh, I'd be able to uh, uh, take Legolas down. Azog meanwhile had charged Galadriel and scored three wounds. She failed all three of her fate rolls in one go, but then because of the re-roll she got some wounds back, which was uh, lucky. But uh, my keeper managed to survive with one wound left. So all going well. Uh, my captain, I think, died in the end as well. So captain died. So uh, I've got Keeper, Azog, um, and that is it left on the table. And which heroes did I choose to protect? Frame the Broken, of course. Uh, I, I knew early on, if I just hide him at the back, then he'll, he'll survive the game. I'm pretty, pretty sure on that. Uh, but I thought if I, sent, if I keep him too far at the back then um, you'll know that what the ploy is and you'll try and get some bow shots on yeah, him yeah. and move around which I think is a, oh, a fair... I absolutely would have tried. I would have claimed
3: Legolas up on the building and then try and run up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. So, and, and, there was, and even in the last turn the Sentinel made a break for it. He would have been able to have some shots at it as well. So it, I think it was the right choice to move it forward perhaps not wise to move him so close that he could be charged <laughs> by a hunter uh a charge into a hunter ult. it's
3: just unfortunate that it happened on that turn yeah because i don't think he was close enough to charge much for most of the game just yeah. that one really
0: yeah and, and he passed his courage checks every other time so that's frustrating i think maybe the warhorn would be a good addition to this list um but uh, you're your choosing to protect a hero as we mentioned legolas has survived the last turn yeah
3: yeah he stayed as far away from combat as he could until that last turn yeah. So yeah. so yeah. So
0: he has survived through the game. I chose to kill Haldir annihilated him in the first turn I I, I reasoned and and you sort of debated about this I reasoned that Haldir was probably going to be more front and centre than uh, Legolas because Legolas kind of wants to be behind the lines sniping Um, so that that was a good good bet oh yeah yeah. I I probably should have kept him a little bit further back
3: but he was always going to be he's the only other striker so he's always going to be up the front somewhere
0: yeah he was on the front rank which I did suggest maybe wasn't the best idea I think if you'd have had a little uh, gap in the line for him to run through for, for stuff that would have made more sense but either way um, the, the crucial thing here was um, I only realised I'd I, I remembered in the sort of penultimate turn I need to be touching this building that, that I declared on the left. Uh, so, this was the, the sort of the second. The, the, I mentioned earlier there's two buildings that the uh, battles happened between. One of them uh, is completely untouched. I, I completely destroyed that side of the, the lines. But I, I just forgot until the, uh, the basically the last turn to say, oh, right, shit, I need to charge something into that. I, I touch it, so I know I've got it. Um, and alas, the, the game ended on a one, so I didn't grab the objective. Alan did manage to protect his hero. He obviously didn't get his objective either. We both broke, um, which means it's a 7-4 victory to Alan.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm very, very glad it ended that turn, yeah. I have to say, because it, it, it would have been at least a draw and probably a
0: loss if it had gone on any longer. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think so, because, I mean, just uh, Legolas over here, he's, uh, he's got two guys that he's near to, um, but also Azog has the potential to charge into... Um, into a banner and heroic combat into Legolas. There's there's loads of things that could go on. I mean, it all depends on the move, mo- uh, uh, roll off some priorities and all that sort of stuff. But still, uh, I think I think it's fair to say I probably would have had a good chance at killing Legolas next turn, and uh, um, and maybe and also your your sentinel was a good good while off his terrain piece. He's got like three turns before he gets near it, <laughs> and I've only got. Like ten elves left or something. There's not very
3: many. You're going to surround them. Yeah, exactly. they're, they're they're going. <laughs> they're,
0: yeah, they'd be gone. So either way, Alan, it was it was a fantastically well played game on your behalf. I, I think like the only error that you made was leaving uh, Haldo on the front. It, like I say, if he was just took behind the lines um, with a gap, then he would have been absolutely fine. And and I made a catastrophic error in leaving Thrain uh, to be able to charge into a Hunter orc and a Gundabad. Uh, yeah, if I, even if it was just the Gundabad. Like I think I did have the thought in my li- uh, when I was deploying moving them around, and I definitely did think. Oh, I, d- I don't want him to charge into a Hunter Orc, um, but I just didn't move. I think the, the way the Hunter Orc was, he couldn't move any further than uh, than it was, so it was just one of those things. So because uh, he was out of the, it was out of heroic move, that's why. Yeah. Uh, so the Hunter Orc and the Gundabad were the one of the few that were out of the heroic move. So Frayne uh, just had that chance to charge in, which which sucked. Uh, so otherwise that'd have been a draw. But either way, well done. Uh, best of luck uh, for the rest of the game. Oh, but before we finish, actually. And there are some special rules, we mentioned uh, at the start of uh, the podcast, there are some special rules for this tournament. Um, the heroic strike could go above 10, yeah. and the uh, the roll-off the- mechanic which got, gave a plus 1 to uh, whoever lost the roll-off last turn. What did you think to the mechanic? And I mean, it did play out a little bit in this game.
3: Yeah, so the strike one didn't really, well I suppose it did because Azor got a 6 so I don't even roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, because if I'd have got a 6, that would have been maxed out to and 10, and you could have got, got a 4+. plus. Yeah. So, okay, I suppose that is quite, it's quite bad for, for Haldir, because he would have had the Elven Blade advantage, but he yeah. doesn't. So, yeah, I suppose that was quite big. And then the, the roll-offs, I actually can't remember. did.
0: I think there was one roll-off that you won on a 3, um, which right, you would yeah. normally win uh, on a 4. Um, so that, that was... That di- I don't know how important that turn was, really. Uh, I can't really remember exactly what happened in that turn. But, I mean, the fact that you won one roll-off... Um, might have it might have swung the game. Who knows? I don't think it did. But um, I mean, what, what did, you, did did you think that that's a good idea? This this mechanic that's been introduced by Will. Oh, I think it's interesting
3: to try it. It's, it's it, it didn't change the like you said it didn't change the game in a huge way. But like that maybe that one key turn it make a big difference. Yeah. It's interesting to try. Yeah, yeah. And the striking is, I wouldn't want it all the time because uh, the Balrog's cool and unfortunately it kind of ruins him. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's fun to try.
0: Yeah, and it, uh, stuff like Gilgalad is absolutely monstrous. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, other heroes that you sometimes have a chance, like you fight four heroic uh, 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 heroes, they're, they're, they're the ones that I think completely neutered by this. So, um, so interesting. Well, either way, Alan, uh, uh, as I say, best of luck for the uh, next, next game, and well done on the win. Yeah, thank you, you too. It was a great game. Cheers. Thank you. Right, we're stepping away from the hubbub inside the uh, the hall to get some shade. Here at uh, of Dyson Men, and I'm playing the the Ringer will champion himself and also tournament organizer. So let's just combine all the tournament chat we usually do uh, with that. First of all, before we talk about our game. Um, the, the Rings of Men, uh, not Rings of Men, sorry, uh, the uh, of Dyson Men uh, has been one of the longest running, is it is that right, tournaments Ooh. in the Great British Hobbit League?
4: I, I wish I could say that was true. Um, we were sort of like wave two, I reckon, of like the GBHL establishing itself. Um, so we used to run in like a cute little pub. It was a capacity of 24 and that was like a good sized event back then. And obviously we had a big long hiatus when I moved down to Nottingham and COVID and whatnot. So it's our first year back. It's our fourth of Dyson Men, which is chuffing awesome
0: yeah and it's great and we're in this uh, this lovely village hall in, in Bishop Moncton near Ripon there's uh, there's the the cricket being played over in the corner the sun is shining there's dogs here and there's there's trees and arbor. It's, it's absolutely fantastic I must say it's a, it's a lovely event a bit hot inside hence the it, coming is, out. it
4: is hella warm and hella loud in there The the fans
0: are doing their best and the drinks are cold but There's 50 sweaty war gamers in there. Yeah, and it's about 30 degrees in it outside. And so the tournament, you you've got some special rules uh, for the tournament. We mentioned them already in the podcast. But what? First of all, what are they, and, and why have you done them? So, um, the, the two key changes are um, when a model heroic strikes the cap,
4: it doesn't end at 10, essentially. So, if, if you're, you know, a, a big boy like Azog, for example, um, I don't know who's using him, but, uh, <laughs> like, you know, you could strike up to 13. Because the, the idea that it just, like, stops at 10 kind of feels a little bit odd. Um, and I just thought it put, like, a nice flavor on things. It adds some value back to, like, the big heroes, like Gilgalad, who, you know, generally the best he can do is get a 50
0: 50 roll off, which is, you know, tough for him. Although I don't think anyone's brought Gilgalad, so I'm kind of sad about that. Yeah, I d- <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did toy with Gilgalad and and stuff, but I've, I've enjoyed um, Azog, so I thought I'd give him another run yeah, out. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, the Fight 7 bracket,
4: which, is, you know, is also great. Um, and then the other special rule is, is kind of just, like, a bit of a, a soft rubber banding to, like, heroic roll-offs. Um, so, like, generally speaking, if you lose two or three important roll-offs on the bounce it's kind of game over and there's not a lot you can do about it so it's just a little thing where like if you lost the last one you get plus one on the next one and then if you win that one like it cancels back out to zero you can't like tally up and manipulate it it's just a little like a little softener to sort of take the make the roll offs be less bitey
0: i mm. suppose and with this being one of sort of the the league's uh, premier events gbhl 100 it, i guess it means that people who are here know what they're doing they, they can they can take on an extra couple of extra specials
4: yeah 100% the, the, both the rules have been really well received what we have seen is like a really nice breadth of army lists so uh, we've still got the usual scary ones we've got i think three bears and three assault on um but we've also just got like some really awesome armies like there's three army of thralls in there mm-hmm. Um, we've got a smaug we've got um we've got like pure rivendell we've just got some things that you wouldn't typically see at 100 points uh, and maybe that's because of the the slight rules changes maybe it's not but like in any in any case this hundred pointer has got
0: some really nice lists which is like it's just the coolest thing ever absolutely so on to our game um we've uh, just played so you're you're the ringer uh, you've stepped into the fray um and you've brought and you i guess you, you must have lost your first game so uh, you brought yeah, the, yeah. you brought the vanquishers uh, the vanquishers of the necromancer so very thematic matchup first of all uh, how did your first game go uh, and and give us the setup for for the next one
4: it, it went dreadfully um as most tos know like you never really want to have to ring um but we had lots of last minute add-ons and lots of dropouts so i had to bring something that i knew that i could just basically essentially pull out of my pocket if i needed to jump in and play um so i picked the vanquishers they're generally considered to be very competitive they're not an army i can use like i i you know i'm quite good at events i'm not i am not good with lists like that at all that's not my play style so i thought it'd be quite funny to like just go and give it a go uh, and tank my long ranking into the ground um so round one i played fog of war against ryan hinch one of my best buddies um, and he's got Angmar and he just curb stomped me because his shade resisted all of its spells and then put the shade on and I couldn't win fights and died he just clobbered me uh, and also Fog of War is a pretty good scenario Um, for for Angmar, him. Yeah, yeah. and then is, yeah. and then you know to continue that that theme I just went into yourself you had like 40 models pits of Ogledore so everyone's resistant to magic and it was recon so it was another like you know not a huge amount of pressure on me to win it, win that
0: round um, but we had we had a good fun didn't we yeah and, and there was a, and I think there was a good uh, couple of learning points uh, which which I I enjoyed because I, I always forget about end conditions, and I've been caught out so many times by um, the game ending on a 25%. And there was a bit where uh, I realised I'd. I'd i didn't well i thought it was some quite good moves where i got some heroic combats with the keeper and uh gundabad captain azog had gone down and di- uh, died already at this point Yeah,
4: i, I uh, beat the snot out of azog yeah, that yeah. was my only objective yeah. for this for this round was yeah to, to and, beat him up.
0: and also i, I made a, a, a stupid error leaving a, a guy in front of um azog said that you you sorceress blasted that guy into azog and knocked him off his wag which was stupid but anyway the, and then elrond killed uh, killed the wag and and so on um but the, the, I did this heroic combat and managed to kill Galadriel with the keeper because he gets all these extra bonuses against mm. people with rings and then s- smashed him into um, Gandalf as well. Also, same sort of thing. So I managed to uh, two-turn Gandalf and Galadriel, which is pretty good. Um, yeah. But I, then, I, I, uh, then just, it left... Yeah, go on.
4: I yeah. did a real chump move um, and, you know, I, I, should be, I should do better. I'll take, go back to the drawing board in that we both caught a strike and a combat. I won the roll off, got to like kill Azog and move into the combats, and then did nothing to save Galadriel, mm. who then got struck and combated, mer- literally turned into like red mist by the keeper of the dungeons, who then then both went into Gandalf and killed him too. So mm. like, not my finest moment. No, right? no. That, uh, yeah. I, I killed Azog and uh, got got blood blood crazed, and it all went terribly wrong from
0: there. I, I think it's fair to say you're not on, you know, you're not thinking uh, top gaming. You're you're not heads maybe not in the games because you're organising tournaments and all that sort of stuff. And as you say, you're the ringer anyway. So maybe. In another day you might might have thought more carefully about that yeah and i wouldn't take the vanquishers <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it's, it's dreadful for me that's true that but then after that so i killed galadriel and uh, gandalf and i hadn't got any of my guys off the board and it was this was fairly sort of uh, soonish after the, the lines had clashed so I, I think i had a warg maybe one or two turns off by that point uh and then i could have killed elrond uh, we surrounded and killed and you you did all the stuff that to basically to make him lose and try and die mm. yeah i I, I I
4: tried to narrow the losses as much as possible, um, but I, I couldn't even lose right, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> but the, the, so it was interesting, though, because you sort of said, oh, like, if I do this, or this, that, and the other, and I don't... I, I just die, it will be a 3-2 loss, because I'll have broken you and be unbroken myself, and um, what was the other thing? And you, you'd have killed my leader. But um, we, you sort of said, oh, well, I'll, I'll give them a fight, because the vanquishers wouldn't just let themselves die, right? No, absolutely, and, like...
4: as as you said I'm the ringer I'm here to like have a quick game so I can make sure the place doesn't burn down and make sure everyone's happy Mm. but also like you got to do you got to do the fun thing right yeah. so um, Elrond like did his best and avenged, um, avenged Galadriel and Gandalf and messed up the keeper mm-hmm. um, and then we just ended up scrapping didn't we yeah. so you, you got all your boys off there was nothing really I could do about it just having resistance to magic on like your fell wags to run down and score is so beautiful
0: yeah it was great and I uh, got some clutch six uh, rolls off rolls of a six to stop a- being immobilized absolutely. and stuff like that which helps
4: yeah uh, we talked a little bit before the event I'd said that Pits of Dogledore are kind of like my meta pick at the moment because mm-hmm. I think they they trade nicely with the dragon emperor like because no, they don't really have anything to stop azog um and like bears again azog can can give them something to think about resistance to magic's really good against the like the resurgence of the the mordor harad alliance so like i really like and pits. assault on the florian yeah. as well but like <laughs> pits into vanquishers was just like not what i wanted <laughs> <laughs> especially at recon as well like if we got Lords of battle or something i'm thrilled and like it's probably a bit harder because you can just resist stuff a lot but when you're just like completely scattered and it's, it's a very very thin line of heroes trying to, trying to stop you there, there was no
0: way that I was really going to win that scenario yeah. it was a good it was a good scenario let's let's be honest yeah, so, yeah. and i think the end uh, so you did do some chopping elrond uh, absolutely mullered through the guys uh, and Saruman also did uh, did a good good work uh, chopping through stuff i eventually broke and most of my stuff ran i think mm. i had like six or something at the end um but i did uh, did i kill elrond no i didn't kill elrond in the end no, so, I, so, so, so the, that was that was, where the, I was left but i did get the guys off the ball yeah my my only saving grace was i wasn't broken everything
4: else had gone disastrously wrong yeah um so you got all you uh, you got enough boys off for the triple um and that was it wasn't it Yeah. And, and didn't i'd, break you, I'd yeah. broken you and killed your leader
0: but yeah it was so that was seven five so i could have got a three two if i'd have uh, basically if you'd have really played sort of Smartly, you'd have uh, I'd have won three two. Yeah, um, but then you wanted to play fun, so we, we ended up with some five two. Yeah, uh,
4: absolutely. The, the the vanquishers would never, uh, you know, commit honourable seppuku whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I don't my Japanese isn't very good. Well, whatever they would do to like you know get yeah. the better score, we 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 did it. We did it how they would do it. Yeah.
0: Well, either way, it's a great event so far. It's it's lovely and warm. It's a great weekend for this, and uh, I love the special rules. It just adds a little bit of extra spice, and hopefully everyone else enjoys it as well. So uh, uh, enjoy the rest of the tournament. Hopefully it goes well. Yeah. Thank you very much. Game. number Number three here at the, uh, the, of Dyson Men, and we're playing, uh, what was the scenario actually? I have no idea. Uh, Domination. Domination, that's it. Yeah, we've just taken all the objectives off, so I can't really, uh, looking at the board, I have no idea what I'm looking at. And it's been that kind of game <laughs> yes, where my definitely. mind is completely, completely yes. off. But, um, so playing against Sam, uh, Sam, first of all, uh, just give us a rundown
5: of, of your army list to give us a sense of what, what we're playing against. Yeah, so I've got a Survivors of Lake Town and Erebor Reclaimed um, Alliance. So it's basically Bard with um, Sigrid Tilda, Alfred, and then I've got a Captain um, of Lake Town. And then from the airborne claim side, I've got Gloin and um, Dory with uh, basically 12 Iron Hills warriors um, for 40 models in total, just D7 shield wall. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got one more, uh, one fewer model than me,
0: but you've got that D7 front line, which is which is a hard nut to crack, uh, as I as I found out. Although it certainly helps if you've got a burly guy and Azog to to help do that. So we deployed uh, in the centre. Basically, the the objectives were. Sort of on one side of the, the map as, as you're looking at it, uh, and uh, it kind of all came down to the fight in the middle. There's this um, floating uh, AOS ter- terrain on one side, and then a, a sort of plinth on the other side. And it was a quite a narrow gap. I want to say, what was that it looks like maybe eight, eight, nine inches? Yeah,
5: yeah eight, nine inches. I'd say, yeah. And was we we're just trying to get through that, weren't it? Yeah, it was. We said the the centre, like the AOS bit on the right, was difficult terrain for infantry. So that also kind of put a span in the works for how we want to approach it kind of thing but it was a very it was quite a narrow gap for the, the force we had kind of thing yeah and so so basically you you deployed your first
0: warband uh, which was uh, one of the dwarven heroes with yeah, your uh Gloin with um, some iron hills and i thought right the only way i'm going to crack through that is by basically just putting the keeper and azog straight into the the front line and just chopping and, and hoping that the Hunter Orcs don't completely evaporate uh, against the, the, the superior fight and, of course, the Strength 4 as well. And, and the Hunter Orcs held, them, held, held their own, but really it was. Azog and the Keeper, who they chopped through a couple of turns, um, teaming up, They're maybe not as efficient as they could have been because of the way they were partnering up, but but generally they, they chopped through. And, and I guess that was kind of uh, how, the, how, how the start went. But, I mean, th- there's lots to go on here. You did some really clever moves with Bard and his heroic combat. Just tells mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, it was a really... It's a really difficult list for me to play against because I don't really have a way of stopping Azog. I mean, I could put Dory into Hurt defense or try and strike up against them. But with the, the strike change for this event, it's not exactly in my favor in the slightest. So I essentially just have to feed him one Dwarf a turn and hope that he whiffs or I roll a six and etc. Um, and then just try and break through the hunt talks as fast as possible. Um, which I thought I could do but it just didn't end up playing out in the end um, with Bard it's, it's risky to put Bard in all the time because of the free combat with Azog he can very easily kind of swing round um, and I was hoping my Gloin and Dory would kind of get through but Gloin, Gloin wasn't amazing in this no, game he
0: was, he was complete pants he had uh, uh, two combats where he rolled a three high the first combat you decided not to spend the three might and the second combat you did spend the three might and I don't think he even killed oh he did kill 200 rocks off that two, but, yeah. but I mean so he, d- he did not manage to kill those, uh, those two that time, but he, he was, he was kind of useless like most of the game. And, yeah. and the, the three might being spent on that fight, I, 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 I thought at the time this is a big investment just for two Hunter Orcs, and I thought I came off well out of that exchange. And I think later on in the game, you definitely missed those might points.
5: Yeah, I just, it's because because I charged um, against two Hunter Orcs and with two Gundabad spear spores, it's six dice leading sixes, yeah. and he's only two wins one fate, so if you were to just roll three sixes, he's instantly dead, and that's three might that I've wasted... Not it's not being used. So I spent the three and we rolled out afterwards to see if if Bloyne actually would have died. And because I'd taken a wound previously, he would have... He, Harry rolled two sixes and Gloom would have died. So I'm glad I did it, but it's just unfortunate, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, you don't really good. want to be rolling that. And I
0: think that's one of the the slight downsides of your list is your banner is Bard, yeah. and Bard is only affecting the Lake Town rather than the the Dwarven heroes, which which especially because the Dwarven heroes have three dice, they're not mounted or anything like that. Yeah. So they they you know
5: that they, they can just eat, well they can whiff and they and they did. Yeah, they can whiff, and you know there is I've I've taken lists before with Dane, and you actually take an Iron Hills banner, and I have I have sometimes noticed. Is the difference of you know when day, when you get a banner or not with the heroes, but sometimes you just you know you don't you feel like you don't need the banner at all, and sometimes the Lake Town banner. Is good enough, yeah. but in this game it really was not. Yeah, it, really, it, really, it really was.
0: It's, cr- it's just those heroes, isn't it? That's yeah. the thing. Ha- having the extra banner on a hero, which is really handy. But um, so, you, one one of the things you did do was you sent Bar- Bard forward, uh, got your free hero at combat, you killed a Hunter Orc and then pulled him back out mm-hmm. again. And and I, I, I wondered at the time. I assume it was because you were scared of either the Keeper or, or Azor getting stuck into in the next turn. But I did wonder whether that might have been a missed opportunity because I get. And also, Hunter Orcs have got two attacks, so he's, he's risky. But, is, uh, but was that? Do you think that was a bit too? Um, risk-averse
5: to uh, so early on to not not just use him to punch through? I So I've played so many games where you charge two, you, you combat, kill two, and you go into two more, and then you lose the next turn, move off. And if you do that, you can very easily get trapped with Bard, and he's only D5, mm. and he can go down within a turn instantly. Um, so pull it, bringing him in, and especially because you still had your Azog auto priority by that point, it's yeah, yeah. even more... Going to go in your favor. Whether yeah. I stay in there, and then if the co- other combats go badly for me, and there's you know a whole a, a infantry size gap fits behind Bard, he's then he's strapped. I've got Azog to keep on him. He's going to die kind of thing. So because it was so early on in the game, I pulled out just to. Keep my options open, mm. but um, potentially it could have been a missed opportunity just to yeah. trying to you know break through.
0: I think you're right, though. Pulling out is often the safer option uh, <laughs> <laughs> in these situations. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, so then, they, so then, of course, it's all down to the objectives, really. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I had the back objective held by Thrain the Broken. Mm. I was thinking this is going to be fine. Thrain the Broken. He's got courage four. He, he'll be mine for the whole thing. He runs away after. Well, he. he he loses two courage checks in a row and then runs off the objective, causing a mild panic on, on my behalf. And I ended up having to send uh, a, a, one of my Warriors back to reclaim the very, very rearmost objective, which he'd held the whole game. So train again complete and utter, utter liability. <laughs> but on the other flank, uh, so on the, your left-hand side, right as I was looking at it, uh, they, was kind of, they had to circle around the terrain, one of the central bits of terrain that was anchoring the centre objective. Uh, you sent, I think it was it two... Uh, two, um, two dwarves, four lake town. Two towards four lake town. And I I didn't have a lot in, on my back flank. I was planning on sending Azog maybe to do, help up if it went all badly, but um, in the end, I didn't need to.
5: Two hunter orcs
0: and two wargs held their own against those guys I mean there's not many of them left but they did hold
5: their own yeah they absolutely I thought I'm going to send that flank round and if you don't commit more to it and you leave stuff in the centre I'm probably going to win that and you know have your objective and then it becomes another problem for you late game Yeah, yeah. but it just did not work like that it, the, these Hunter Orcs did they, I think they killed I think you probably killed the first dwarf on the on the first go, and then I lost priority, so you got to kind of choose fights and stuff. Um, and it just went really bad. It yeah, I, I so think far. you
0: just, the crucial thing was the, in the very first charge, you charged an uh, Iron Hills and a Spear Support, and an Iron Hills and a Spear Support into the two Wargs. I'd sent one Hunter Orc into the back spear of one of them, yeah. but. You still should have killed one of those wags on balance, I think.
5: Yeah, if I killed one of the wags and then a, a lot of space kind of opens up for me to yeah, get yeah. round kind of thing. It um, just didn't happen. The mark, well, You just didn't get the dice. It didn't yeah. happen, no, which is a shame, but, you know, it, how it goes... It goes and like
0: so this. so it kind of all came down to, uh, at this point, so the, the centre objective was leaning my way, but it certainly wasn't guaranteed because there's Bard kicking about. The right-hand side objective was on a knife edge, basically. So it was whether I could break through to the back objective. So the survival of those two wags that we were just talking about uh, in that combat basically saved me the uh, the game because um, when, I, I, when we, everyone was out of might uh, I won a, a crucial, crucial roll off, um, or a crucial priority roll to, to win the uh, the priority. Um, and those two wags were able to sneak round this bit of terrain and start to threaten the back two objectives which were defended by only uh, a Lake Town Bowman each, which um, one of them ran away in the end, which gave me uh, uh, gave me one of them. And then I was able to just threaten the other one because of that, that guy running away with the two wags uh, the following turn and just dominate that objective. Um, well, just get the extra pip on that objective. Objective, which was big. I mean meanwhile in the centre you were do- doing everything you could to kind of reclaim as many VPs as possible and doing things like heroic combat into Azog to try and just get a few uh, leader points or to stop Azog getting to the back objectives as well which which I, I mean I said might have been a bit risky, I think you could have sent
5: Bard to the back but you had some reasons for that didn't you? Yeah I found that that point when I had sent Bard into Azog I think you were on one might left and um, the center was looking quite dire for me so i thought i need to prevent this getting any worse and azog is quite probably the main cause of that by just killing two models free a turn if i if i charge um so i kind of just thought i'm just going to go into him he's got no might left see how well i can um if i can just hold him up and i i managed to win the fight and then last time i did three wounds was yeah. three fives so i was like Okay, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, partial fate, yeah. So and I
0: think the one turn that I had against you, I got um, like my, I got a three and two ones yes. as well yeah, <laughs> to yeah, wound yeah. him. So I only got one wound in, which of course you seven fate. So you got the VP for the wounding the general, which was which was key. Uh, I did get the one to uh, uh, the back objective that the wires threatened because they survived enough time. So that that's what even things out. And um, we both broke each of us, so that's again evens. But crucially, I managed to get one Gundabad warrior onto the objective in the rear, which uh, was vacated by the fleeing uh, bowmen. Bowman so a bowman had. Uh, if the bowman had hadn't fleed that would have been either a draw or maybe a win if he'd have f- fought it out. Who knows? But uh, either way, it came down to an incredibly narrow 4-2 victory uh, to me in the end. And Sam, um, you know, it, it was. I could tell you. You know what you're doing here. I mean, you've played in the Masters and stuff like this uh, 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 for the GBHL from last year, so I know you're a cracking player. And this is a new army to you, so uh, so you know. Uh, but still, it's uh, you. You've you absolutely run it down to the wire. And um, either way, best of luck for the for the next next yeah, game. And, for the, rest of the Yeah, you too, mate. Thank you very much. Game number four, uh, the uh, Dyson Men of Dyson Men. I keep forgetting it. I keep wanting to call it Rings of Men. And it's been an absolute uh, sweaty, sweaty day um, and, a, and a real nail-biter of a final match against Ryan Hinch. And I can't remember the last time you were on the podcast. I think... Um, you spoke to me a long, long time ago when you had a Witch King based army. I think you had something else and you actually annihilated me. At least two years ago now. Yeah, it was a long it, time. It was a long, long time ago. But uh, Ryan, uh, I've got my Doll Gulder, We're playing Retrieval. So that's one, you've got a diagonal and it's kind of captured the flag. Um, what's your army first of all? And did you fancy your chances? So going into it, I kind
6: of fancied my chances mm. a little bit, but knew it was going to be an uphill struggle. Yeah. I had Angmar, but not your conventional Angmar. So I had three orc captains, golfing ball, a shade and tainted and then just a load of orcs and some wargriders. Kind of going for the smash and grab approach rather than the, the scalpel approach with Angmar.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, so that's that's the, the idea being the, the orcs, orc captured. you've got loads more might than a normal Angmar army, haven't you? So is that is that the aim? Yeah, it? it's just to try and capitalize on the the shade, being able to negative your
6: opponent. You can use the might to make sure you win the fights to just get the, the kills you need from early on.
5: Yeah.
6: So what was your plan going into this one? Uh, my plan going into this one was to try and contain Azog as much as possible. Because he came barreling down one side using magic and the specters, and then try and eliminate as much of the other half of the army as possible with the cavalry it
0: yeah. uh, didn 't quite work out that way though, did it well I, I, the, the, trying to neutralize azok is always difficult, but um, you certainly slowed him down, but I think maybe there's this, so there 's this big central island in the middle that, that we kind of worked around and I committed uh, Azog and his uh, sort of half of his warband or most of his warband to one side of it and then the rest of my force to the left and then sort of tried to climb some dudes over and slowly get over but generally it was it was kind of Azog run forward and you didn't put a lot in that gap to protect against Azog but he was he was really really struggling to get yeah. involved. He got really
6: unlucky at, at the start with some really key courage tests from the yeah. specter and also some really key courage tests to charge the terracors and orcs which cost him so many resources and time
0: yeah I think I, I think I spent two or three might and maybe a will as well uh, on resisting magic and um, avoiding being sort of thrown back by the spectres which was pretty brutal because he got the minus one uh, negative uh, yeah. thing from the ring round, so
6: one poor spectre roll and you're ten inches further back is a
0: massive massive inconvenience yeah, exactly and, and yeah he's he's not, not being fearless is a big deal but but the, the sort of this line the, the sort of main bulk of the force just sort of chopping against each other um, I think because you're but your, your, your shade could only affect this bubble in the middle with the island being there. You didn't manage to get all the way to the one end, so I started grinding a bit on that one end of the, of the line where, they, where there wasn't a shade effect. You were doing a lot of good damage in the middle, though.
6: Yeah, it was essentially one for one. I yeah. was killing where the shade was, and where the shade wasn't, you were killing me yeah. with the yeah. hunter orcs. So to be fair we were only one or two kills off each other throughout the entire game.
0: Yeah and we have only very uh, the same model count or and oh, one, one more? One. Yeah. One one difference, yeah. So yeah, so I guess like you say trades and Hunter Orcs when they do win their fights they will absolutely chop um, normal Orcs but, but yeah there was just so many of them. And those captains it's it feels like an odd one to have three three captains I've never come up against it but against something like a Hunter Orc army they they really came in clutch cuz again the shade as you say the the shades just may, helping them win the fights where maybe they'd usually struggle.
6: Oh yeah, I think without the captains in the game, they'd have, I'd have struggled to kill the Hunter Rocks. Yeah. So the fight value helps a lot. Uh, but also, I think it just keeps yeah. the army moving as well. Because yeah. Angmar's a very low-might army, so a lot, of, a lot of people sort of plan to play against it in that sense. But then I've got 10-might, so it, it kind of catches people off a little bit.
0: Yeah, and, and of course, we're, we're, it's an objective-based game, so we're trying to retrieve that objective. And I, I think I got to your objective... I wouldn't say early, but I, I managed to break through because of the help of Azog after uh, a fair amount of chopping. Azog chopped through the lines after spending a, quite a lot of resources. I think I spent five might by that point or maybe four. Uh, and then I managed to eventually swing into, close down to the Tainted and, and some of the other heroes. But that allowed a wag to get to the retrieval objective and start running back the uh, other way. Um, meanwhile, you, you you were sort of it's ever so slightly more slowly going in so maybe a turn or two behind me uh, getting your warg or warg no it was one of the captains wasn't it in the end Uh, over to your retrieval thing but crucially um, you had all these tricks to be able to pull my warg back away from the line well that was key in the end this this
6: one where you you failed one courage test with the spectre which pulled the warg back into contention in the middle and then I just munched him up and then I, I had to then just race to try and get it back on the
0: spot before you could get there and it's worth noting though, you did some really uh, clever uh, sort of very careful movement where you you know, you know, made sure that you got moved him to exactly the point that he could get to to ensure that they could charge him at the maximum amount of distance away or so the minimum amount of distance away from the uh, the objective point which was very very well done that was really really smart it's the sort of thing that you, someone could easily forget or not do right and then I might have been able to caught up with him but you, you managed to do it perfectly me on the other hand I just got lucky. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no two ways about it. Like your uh, captain, I could only counter him with what a hunter orc and, an, and a wag, I think. Warg, yeah. yeah, And I just managed to win the fight. So I think it was the, the, the priority turns landed my way, so I was always charging you rather than you charging me, which just meant I could just hold him up for a few turns and managed to kill the guy off the top. Then the Warg fell out from underneath, and then it was like a wag versus a, a hunter orc for a couple of turns, and eventually did manage to chop him down. So I denied well, you getting that objective. I did say at the start
6: mm-hmm. when you started having some bad dice rolls that everything always comes around. It does, and yeah. that's when you got your bit back in those three turns where yeah. you just kept winning the fight, and I couldn't do yeah. anything about it.
0: I, I think the thing that because it's all the frustration of the of the failed courage checks and all that sort of stuff. It was like it was always it was always I was running a five courage, and of course you had the harbinger, so I was always thinking, oh, do I spend the might? Do I not spend or well or whatever? You've got more magic, so it, I think. Almost sometimes, if you roll a double one, it's like, well, that's shit. But I don't spend the resources at least, and I just have to mitigate it. But because I was always spending the resources, it made it much trickier in the late game as well. Which Azog did eventually kill the tainted, um, and I th- what else did he kill? He killed the captain uh, and some other stuff as well. But we got bogged down after yeah. that. Yeah, that I was mean, it. The, the shade yeah. once
6: once he got through and then was fighting against four or five models, and the shade was still alive. You were struggling to win the fights. Um, but I think in hindsight, if you did broken through faster then the game would have been over yeah. and you'd have probably beaten me
0: yeah I think that crucially because I'd have had a lot more stuff to be able to protect the, and a lot more resources yeah. to be able to protect my guy from getting back I might have been able to get the spectre but yeah just generally I, at the end of the game I, I don't think I'd, I never spent a point of might in, in combat and so if none of that and because I was only doing free heroic combats if none of the um, might was spent in combats I'd have all this might right at the end of the game to be able to just win all those fights kill the shade quickly kill the captain kill gold from the lord that's it and also we didn't legislate for the game
6: going on for five turns <laughs> yeah, yeah it did so, go on a lot so there was a period where it looked like the game was at its conclusion yeah. and you were running guys away in preparation to run away with the prize yeah. I then managed to get it back and put it back on the retrieval where well, you were then two turns away yeah. with those models if yeah. you'd have kept them where they were you'd have probably had the models in place to then retrieve yeah. it back but you wouldn't have known at the time it was going
0: to go on five turns so. <laughs> exactly and then there was a period of time where I think I was in the lead and then you were in the lead because cause the, cause you'd killed Azog but uh, I hadn't broken you by one model so there was a couple of turns like that but eventually it did settle on after towing and throwing and there's what like seven, eight models left on the table uh, and eventually it it was a draw. You managed to return your um, your uh, relic to. The, the place that I'd st- stolen it from uh, and we'd both killed each other's leaders and we'd both broke in the end so I think that feels like a reflective game because there were so many twos and foes weren't there?
6: Oh yeah there was definitely times in the game where I thought oh, I've got this I've got this and then I looked the next turn and i like
0: have I? Have I yeah. actually got this? I was exactly the and same and then I was like oh, no I've definitely not got this now yeah. and it was like that quite a few times in exactly. exactly and well, and, that, and that's always a good sign of a good game so so brilliant uh, Ryan thank you very much for the game and no best pleasure. of luck for tomorrow pleasure thank you cheers game number five day two here at Of Dying at Of and men, and uh, very sweaty night in the tent, all that sort of stuff. In fact, Natalie, you also (laughs) camped in the tent. Uh, We'll uh, we'll chat, uh, maybe chat tents afterwards. Um, But uh, first game after I think two wins and a draw yesterday up against Natalie. And uh, we have played before, we played in Hull, uh, where I had my uh, Balrog, and you had an Angmar Force, another Angmar Force, but slightly different. What have you brought with you?
2: Uh, So this time I swapped out Burder for Gullivar. I decided that the flying monster was probably a better threat. I always find that Berger gets stuck and bogged down behind lines. Gullivar can just get over there and yeah. get what you need.
0: You sacrifice a few models, but Gullivar brings a lot to the table, doesn't
2: he? Yeah, definitely. It's, he always makes your opponent spend might when they might not need to.
0: Um, yeah, then. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, the threat range is something. But, I mean, you, you were obviously cautious because Azog's around, and I've got the, uh, uh, the Fight 7, and you don't have a strike. You do have heroic defense, though, so which obviously can come in clutch, uh, especially against uh, big boys like Azog, who usually wounding heroes on threes, which is uh, nasty. But we're playing... Um, actually, I can't remember what scenario. To the death, that's right. <laughs> uh, so we're playing to the death. So this is a fairly sort of straightforward kill the enemy, uh, kill the leader, to try and kill banners as well. So did you have a particular plan uh, going into this one?
2: Not really. Um, obviously, my, my Deadmar Spectres was the only thought. You know, pull out a Hunter Orc. Hopefully, hope Guild of Arcane charge in and then maybe combat off of him which I did but you managed to shoot the hunter orc before he managed to do it.
0: Yeah, go for it. And those four bows <laughs> absolutely saved the day in that one. Killed, managed to kill that hunter arc. Um, and it kind of left um, in, a, in a, a bit exposed at that point. He wasn't in a particularly advantageous point. And basically, first turn, um, that I got the chance. I, I think, I, was it an auto-win piracy that turn? And then I, I ummed and aahed over it because it was I, I wasn't sure whether it would be the right move, but decided to go for it and charge Azog in with a captain as well. Uh, and uh, I think maybe something else, I can't, maybe not, no, I don't think anything else got in there, but crucially I got the strike in there, you obviously got a heroic defence, so uh, I I'm just managed, managed to survive not? it, yeah, I think I got was three three sixes off those, however many dice it was, because he was trapped behind my line, so, uh, I think that, I don't know whether it saved the game, but it certainly uh, it certainly kept you having a threat yeah. for the game. Yeah. It made you have to think about
2: it more, if he was gone, you'd probably be a bit more aggressive with Azog, but you had to be a little bit more worried about him just maybe coming in yeah he still yeah. had a couple of might for a few turns so
0: yeah exactly and i had to sort of hold him off had to get, try and um, sort of uh, commit some resources to charging him which again could have been sent uh, easier sent forward but but really i think what won um uh, the game really yeah i mean the, <laughs> there's the, one of the flanks so i i, I kind of positioned my army to try and hold between these two bri- uh two um uh, sort of ruiny things uh, to boulders and and the intention was to send a, a f- sort of flanking force of um of hunter orcs and uh, a couple of wa- uh, maybe just the one wag uh round around the side and and this was uh, i didn't really ha- i didn't have any heroes there but neither did you and um, so I, and i, I reckon you had your banner which had kind of gone it kind of got went one way and it probably should have gone the other way um early on because i kind of made, made some maneuvers but but So I was trying to go for the banner with, with that flank, but my hunter-orcs absolutely collapsed over that side. I mean, you're, I, I think even the early fights you, where you had less support, I, I just, I just couldn't, get a, couldn't get a win, couldn't get a kill. And that sort of churned through those hunter-orcs on that flank, and it, it really kind of ruined my game plan.
2: <laughs> just a little bit, yeah. And then you ended up sending more models to help, yeah. and yeah... It, I don't know. We got very, you got very unlucky with the hundred or dice. Yeah, yeah. There
0: was. There, I, th- I think generally, I, I like to favour my um, hunter orcs against the the angmar as long as they get the charge, which um, wasn't always relevant, of course. But like usually two dice uh, plus a spear sport against your your two dice uh, without a uh, well with the spare sport, It's it's kind of. I, I'd like to favour my odds in those situations, but. Um, Sadly, they just, they just seemed to not, not be able to win as many fights as I was hoping. And, and even when they did, they, they weren't killing as many as I thought. So I think it took took quite a few turns for, it, for it to actually me to actually get going. And Azog, of course, had been spending time uh, trying to kill Gulivar rather than Orcs. The Keeper of the Dungeons did get some kills, which was helpful. I think he ended up on uh, four kills in total, which is not maybe as many as I'd like. But, um, you know, I was spending Will here and there to resist... Um, uh, specs' uh, moves and uh, and to actually just pass courage checks to get into the fight so it, it was a very resource intensive game and, and you threw a lot of magic at Azog though and, yeah. and he did shrug a lot of it off yeah
2: and then once I realised last turn I think I transfixed the keeper because yeah. I noticed Azog was kind of out of position yeah. he wasn't going to be able to charge Gulivar. he could maybe kill an orc whereas yeah. the keeper
0: would be able to smush those last few guys and yeah Finally, break me. Yeah, and 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 I think there was one mistake you did make in the last turn, though, because you you did everything perfectly to try and um, to pin down the banner, uh, and. Uh, I, I, had, I, I gave myself a. I think there were a couple of things you could have done to stop Azog kind of coming back through once I'd, I'd moved some guys out of the way so that Azog could charge someone who was in combat with the guy who was in uh, with the banner. And basically, um, I just needed one more guy to pass a courage check to charge into to counter um, uh, to do the uh, uh, to sort of peel off the, the fight so that I could hurry up combat with a Hunter Orc so that I could back up the banner. Uh, actually, it, it didn't make a difference in the end because you did it in the wrong order, so um, so the banner could back away anyway into into the fight. So it it did save him in the end. But um, so that that crucially meant that I had a banner, you had a banner still. Um, but on the very very last turn, it all all wound down to um, whether whether I could break you or not. And. Uh, and I was just at the end of play i 'm one model off breaking you, and you you got about five or six over breaking, so you, you did have the the lion's share of the fights, but I was one off which which did hand you a, a five nil victory of course big big swing for a one one death there
2: <laughs> oh yeah it felt it fell very close and yeah. it, there were so many things that would have made a difference. Yeah, I you know,
0: mean, there's a list as long as your arm. I mean, it, even one one fight here or there uh, earlier on when when I felt like the Hunter Ox did have the advantage, that would have been great. Uh, you know, one more six against Gulliver, or you know, there's just so many different things. But hey, that's that's how it goes. Uh, them's the shakes. So uh, a, a second win on the tally for uh, for our, our two matchups. So maybe I'll be able to balance it out at some point in the, the distant future. But it, I guess this propels you. We're on the table nine uh, back up to the big leagues because you. I guess you're on what is it three, three wins a draw and a loss now three wins draw and a loss so yeah. maybe on the stage yeah maybe <laughs> well either way uh, Natalie another cracking game An, a, a real thinker uh, as with most of the games have been um, at this tournament and uh, best of luck in your next one thank you you too game number six out of seven uh, penultimate round here at the uh, uh, Dyson Men uh, Dyson Men I keep forgetting what the name of the tournament is uh, playing against Bob in hold ground uh, the Maelstrom one got to get to the middle uh, Bob first of all I uh, before we talk about your army and everything, I want to say, you've, you've travelled a fair old distance for this tournament.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, over from Australia, Western Australia, uh, down the south coast of Western Australia. So, yeah, it's a bit of a distance, a bit of a travel. <laughs> yeah, just for this tournament, I mean, that's dedication. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm flying back, flying <laughs> yesterday, flying back tomorrow. No, no, I've been over for 10 weeks for the holiday with family. So, um, saw it on the Facebook page and it was the closest one to staying. So, um, yeah, thought I'd bring my stuff and here I am.
0: Yeah, you are. And uh, just give us a rundown of uh, what's in your army before we, uh, we delve through the battle and do keep the, uh, the result uh, as a surprise until okay. the end. It
7: uh, won't be a surprise. Uh, <laughs> so basically, it's this a, uh, a, a core set with a few things thrown in, really. It's, I bought a Pelinor Field, so I've just got the Witch King, which I bought the horse model for, um, with six wargs. Which I got a box of, and then just uh, probably what is it, uh, 12, 20, 15, 16 merenons, and then just some orcs thrown in, uh, a couple of orc captains uh, and a troll and a few bowmen, pretty yeah. much. So the troll chieftain as well, we which is it, yeah. Yes, so yeah. so
0: he's he's got some umph. Um, so in the in the start, it's maelstrom. That didn't it didn't seem like it made a massive difference to where things happened. The only thing that actually went badly for you was your uh, orc captain bowman and his three or four orc bowman friends uh, deployed behind my my lines.
7: But they actually did really well. (laughs) Yeah, they managed to escape. I think they won their first couple of roll-offs. Two died, I think, two escaped in the... The, um, in the end, I didn't lose all of them, which was a massive surprise. I sort of wrote them off straight away and yeah. thought, well, if I can slow you down in that corner for two or three turns while I try and run uh, while they die, would have been fine. But they seemed to, at least one of them made it back. The captain made it back to the middle, yeah, yeah, uh, which was good. Was. Yeah, 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 it was
0: actually yeah. instrumental because right at the end, he, uh, he had a standfast, so it was, was quite important. But yeah. we'll move on to that. So I, I didn't invest a lot of effort or time to try and kill them. Killed a couple, and then I was, but I was very conscious that I need to get to the middle before you. You've got the same amount. Of Models or very similar. Uh, I, think I think it was, it was one ex- exactly the same. Yeah. Yep. So exactly the same model count. So I thought I would just got to get into the middle, uh, and I wanted to anchor between these two ruins in the uh, centre. So there's a, uh, there's yeah a couple of houses in the centre, and I wanted to just get in there because we, other than the, that one warband, it was kind of a pitch battle setup. Um, And there was a couple of things, though, that in in the early turns, uh, there was a a, a build, one of your um, warbands, I think it was the Witch King's warband, which is half Riders and half Moranans, kind of came on one side and ended up dividing themselves around a, a building, which... I think, I think definitely lost you time and kind of momentum in term, uh, for the, some of the models because you put the Witch King on, and the Wags on the left-hand side of the building and on the right sent all the Moranans. And I was just able to threaten them with, uh, with Azog and, you know, the threat of him charging in kind of pushed them back a bit and held them out of the frame.
7: Yeah, I think never playing these guys before, I think I was a bit too overly cautious of uh, Azog. And I thought, well, I, I thought maybe if you weren't a very good player that if I drew back with Moranans... I was trying to draw Azog in, but obviously you know what you're doing. So if it had been a worse player, <laughs> <laughs> um, you possibly would have tried to, you know. Sometimes when you pl- start playing, you you send your good characters out to try and just kill stuff. Yeah. So I was hoping that you would then do that, and I was trying to kind of sandbag you down that way. When in hindsight, and we had a talk before, I should have charged them up to be within distance. Then you would have had to make the call of right: yeah. do I now attack them, or do I then go back and then I'm still getting that yeah. gaining that ground. So I think that's uh, it was a force of ten Moranans, which would have made quite a big difference in yeah. the middle, especially if I got them around the back, because then I've got you surrounded. So I think like. Like we were talking about after the game. I think that's probably where I lost it mm. in being overly cautious there and probably not being aggressive enough with my troll in the yeah. middle. But, um, but yeah, we need to talk about your magic though because, um,
0: <laughs> you there, there were some pretty amazing uh roles uh, uh from your Witch King. So, you, you, I think you
7: channeled at least one of them and you did a black dart. Um, I, I chan- think I channeled three, channeled I channeled three, three yeah. uh, and they were. To, uh, yeah, all black darts and the first one I had a six and you managed to roll a six so I got a resistance
0: to magic and the will I spent on that I was, I was basically I, I thought I'm going to take a lot of magic I'm going to have to spend some might to resist yeah. stuff instead I just rolled the six on the, yeah. not, uh, the on the
7: will die. so I yeah. get to ke- keep the will yes. next turn Basically the same. Yeah. Next turn, I uh, I got a six, and then you rolled two on the <laughs> wheel dice and got back. So after two channeled black darts into Azog, you had spent no will. Yeah and no might, and I hadn't been able to do anything from yeah. that. Yeah, that, and, and that, that's instrumental. I
0: mean, uh, I, I think, because especially because they were channeled, it, it could have made a huge amount of difference. Like, if one of them had gone through, I, I'd be spending fate, I'd be spending a lot of might on uh, maybe saving the fate, and all these sorts of things. So, uh, potentially massive swing there. And, of course, Azog does a hell of
7: a lot of work. If you'd have killed him in one go, um, you know, that would have been brutal. I was just trying to get the one point to start, because yeah. I, I figured... I gathered you I you last night that you had a rough idea how the game goes mm-hmm. so I knew that I probably wasn't going to win I was just going to try and get some points to save my MOV um, but I thought that was my way to get it in there and also I was just trying to at the beginning I like to try and at least make the opposition, use some of their resources so later in the game I've got a chance to push stuff through but after that you know it just seemed to be I just couldn't then you were just too full of stuff and you could do whatever you liked and yeah. I was running out of resources rapidly and then that's sort of what, what hurt me in the end I think.
0: Yeah it kind of it just, just meant that the, the Witch King wasn't really a, a factor and no. I mean I mean, I, part of me did think maybe you could have thrown the Witch King into combats as well because he spent, he spent a lot of his time quite far away from the line um, at just, just doing magic popping out of the building doing some magic I guess because you were scared of me charging and killing him
7: yeah well the first couple of games I put him in completely the wrong spot and he died with having seven will left and stuff which is I'd rather he die with no will mm. um, so at least he's done something so I'm trying to be cautious of right how do I need to play him does he become more magic do I throw him in when I need to I could have thrown him in but every time he's in a combat um, by the time it was time to do that, I only had two or three will left, then he can only be in two combats, and he 's got to try and get away. Yeah. You win the roll off, you hit him, he dies anyway yeah. so it 's just that six and two threes i yeah. think in in the in the end that was that was pretty rough and
0: and've he 's only got twelve will which which yeah. may be a little on the low side. So i 'd like to have my uh, witch king if i ever, uh, ever run him at about fifteen, so that might yeah, help but the 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 other thing here, I think, um, was... So, once I'd anchored those two bits of terrain I mentioned, the, um, I was basically on the line covering over the objective, so you kind of had to break through me. Yeah. Um, and and one of the things that you, the, the, you kind of were maybe a little reluctant to do was was throw your troll chieftain into the line. Um, I did have a keeper of the dungeons on the flank uh, next to the troll, so, you know... I, I thought, at some point, I'm going to have to do a heroic strike, and we're going to have to strike off. And then, the, But the rules for this tournament mean that your fight seven um, could go up to max of 13, yeah, whereas yeah. mine can only go up to 11. So I, I think, on the balance of probabilities, it might have been a good shout, because the Troll Chief would absolutely smush the Keeper. Mm. Instead, the Keeper was able to punch holes through Morannon's and, and get his kill tally up and all that sort of stuff. Um, and... And eventually because of where he was rather than fighting in the line and sort of blocking off the gap he ended up sort of being around the edge of a building which allowed me eventually to send some guys around the outside and, and trap him and, and strike up with the, with the keeper and then you just you swift just your roll so.
7: Yeah but also pretty much I did, what I, was, I did what I was trying to do to you where I wanted your hero to come into my yeah. nobodies and I fell for the same thing yeah. so really again I think for, for me I've just got to remember to not be so cautious I think orcs what I'm gathering is I just need to throw them in and then let, let the dice decide essentially yeah. Um, yeah I think that's how it needs to go
0: and, and just the sort of final uh, thing that was the, the nail in the coffin really is that hunter orcs just kind of pip you on every bit so the, I've got the two attacks on the hunter orcs and the spear so that's three dice and I have a banner and you don't which is big uh, especially in where we're trying to fight in a centre to capture the central objective so I've, I, I, just think, I think in the very first turn uh, of, of the sort of big first combat uh, I, I think I probably had about 60-70% of the, the yeah. wins and the kills yeah, yeah. Uh, you did you did kill some stuff, but not probably enough. And by then it spiraled, and then I have the traps, which even make it even harder.
7: Yeah, like it's always that sort of one swing turn, and it just happened to be the first round of combat. And then I think there was a later round of combat where I probably won the same amount, but there wasn't as many, and I didn't push the damage through. And already you already had that ascendancy. Yeah. I've lost my army bonus because you've got more kills, so therefore I can't re-roll ones. So then it just it, it 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 gets like that. So a few things need to start going my way, and you start having to push a little more and when you push a little more you rely more on dice which you don't want to do and it wasn't the dice that won or lost that it. it was my positioning which I'm learning more and more about this game is positioning is key if you're, out posi- if you're not in the right position then the game just swings even faster yeah. um, so I'm, it, it wasn't it wasn't the dice rolling because over the whole game I think we were very even um, it just happened to be I think you that first round of combat yeah. definitely you got the the ascendancy and it, it just sort of snowballed from there yeah but although the, the triple six on the magic is still going to be well, no, no. <laughs> that, <laughs> was, I will, that was separate yeah. I, will, I will
0: wake up later on tonight just crying <laughs> so remember fun. that well either way Bob uh, as, as you probably gave um, we, we, uh, I ended up uh, getting a win out of this one 10-0 in the end so just because uh, the Witch King was cautious and hiding away I didn't uh, end up doing a wound on him but uh, I did break you and um, I managed to I think just get a, uh, round off everyone on the, the central objective in the final turn so you, yeah, you had yeah. no one to contest it with either but that plucky captain the, the one that I th- we both thought was probably going to die in the very first or, or yeah. subsequent turns uh, he managed to make it to the end uh, stand fast and give yourself a chance yeah, uh, yeah. in the centre which uh, uh,
7: it wasn't enough sadly but hey uh, kudos yeah. to that guy <laughs> uh, also yeah because he probably as well the guys that i stood fast i put them into combats that wasn't within six inches i probably should have run them around to yeah. go at least six to give myself a chance of having at least one guy to reduce yeah. two more points off yeah. you because yeah. you were going to win anyway but if i can have someone in the middle then it, it, you don't get as many points which exactly. um and then failing i think out of the, oh, yeah, the, all of them failed. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the 10 courage rolls, I think I had to roll. I think I only passed two, yeah. which you're kind of hoping to pass at least four. So, again, you know, just at the wrong time, you get the swings and roundabouts, and that's playing dice games. You've just got to accept that, and that's how it works.
0: Well, uh, either way, I can tell you you've, you've, you're learning quickly because you seem to know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Uh, so I guess it's just uh, good luck in the next round to see if you can put it in put it yeah, practice. Yeah, no, well, look,
7: I've got my two. I came here trying to win one out of seven, uh, knowing that I would be up against tough competition. I've won two, so if I leave enough, i lose the next game. I'll work away pretty happy and um, yeah it's been a great thing it's my last week in the UK and hopefully when I'm back in a couple of years I'll be able to come to another event Yeah, and good luck yeah. if you ever go to any Australian events That's yeah all. no yeah. thank you very much and if you're over in WA we have events and come and see us we <laughs> will do thank Easy you all right. final game of of Dice and
0: Men uh, seven games over a very warm weekend in this sort of metal shed uh, building out at uh, Bishop Moncton. I say shed, it's a lot nicer than that but uh, the roof the roof is denying us signal which made submitting scores a bit tricky but we've got there, we've finished all seven games and finally rounding things off with uh, a game against Kieran. Kieran, uh, you're a patron is that
8: right? You're, yeah, uh, you're right, a fan yeah. of the podcast? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, regular listener.
0: Regular listener yeah. well, thank you very much for A, listening and B, uh, for the, the fantastic game because this one came down to a knife edge we'll, keep, we'll reveal the result right at the end uh, but definitely, definitely one of those tricky ones but first um, just give us an idea of what your army is because this is an army that I've historically pro- I, I, I'll be honest I don't like playing it but uh, what have you got?
8: So I've got the Necromancer's Legendary Legion so I've got the Necromancer and six named Nazgul with yeah. him so uh, the reason I brought it is because I brought my wrist <laughs> I yeah. usually play Easterlings uh, not Dragon Emperor Easterlings I usually run Amdor Kamul that sort of thing but I usually fancy moving around 40 models for the weekend and um, so I brought this. It was the first time I've used it this weekend as well. Uh, it's fun. See why people don't like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, the games I've lost, I played uh, recon against 50 Corsairs and lost 7 0. So, you know, it does have its drawbacks, but it's really strong. It's, yeah. the, the resurrection's just. Too good. Uh, yeah, it's so good.
0: It, it's really, it's a really difficult one to, to counter. But uh, we're playing Command the Battlefield for the final round. And um, so with t- table quarters, having more models in each quarter. So I guess it gave me an opportunity here because obviously you've got uh, what was it, six, seven models,
8: is yeah, it? Yeah, seven total. Yeah, seven
0: total models, including the necromancer, um, which which gives me a chance with my 41 models. And crucially, uh, the game ends on a quarter as well. So um, you know, it's it's one of those games that I can sort of half manage. Uh, the the end result so and um, so j- just going into it did you have any kind of plan uh, did you fancy your chances
8: so going into it my thought was just hopefully maelstrom goes well uh and i can go corner to corner so start in my corner and just sort of cleanse the board going around the board obviously uh that did work in that corner I got stuck in that corner for a while and it was just a case of hoping that and that's called do die and i can slingshot them to the other sides of the board using that resurrection move on top of the normal move and then if i need to heroic moves as well
0: yeah. Yeah, and and I think, to be fair, you did a really good job of doing that because I I kind of... Azog had a real rough time of it in the old uh, uh, resur- uh, sorry not the resurrection the um, deployment because I spent uh, I got rolled a two twice the first time I mighted it down um, to a one uh, and had another go next turn and I rolled a two the second time and I thought I just had to spend the might to get him on the table um, I was, uh, I was w- what I wanted to do ideally was hem, hem him in uh, uh, sorry hem your uh, the necromancer in and, and deny you the, those those moves uh, if I could try and sh- get my shielded guys in, into you but sadly uh, hunter orcs are pretty good at killing stuff <laughs> so I ended up killing quite, uh, the ringraves quite a lot of times although uh, it didn't actually ha- uh, make a massive impact on the kind of uh, the flow of the game in the sense that, that you know I, I don't think any ringraves permanently died so uh, chop some might out but nothing yeah, permanent said, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean basically I had three might on Azog and fairly early on I went for a bit of a Hail Mary kind of move i was like I've, i saw an opportunity you'd left the necromancer unprotected um and i charged into one of the ring raids uh, and killed it and i think i might have needed to spend a mite to uh to actually win the combat and um, and then i killed it and then i went straight into the necromancer which i don't know i i, I kind of think it was i thought it was the right move um and i still probably do and it did take a lot of will off do you, do you think it was the right move to do that
8: yeah definitely yeah it was open for the charge um, he had to spend Mike to get on the board. He was low on Mike. um If he'd have walked away, then he had have chased him with heroic moves. Even more yeah. might spent there. Mm-hmm. So just getting straight into him, especially with the priority Legendary Legion bonus, being yeah. able to call that and go into him again. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's just he doesn't have strike, but if getting get a Nazgul in, they can strike up. Yeah. Um, called the heroic move to get that Nazgul in as well. Mm-hmm. Away from the captain who called the move to get the fight off first. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... Yeah, and you did some combat, uh, some
0: clever. Yeah, well, yeah. You did some clever combat shenanigans as well. Because I wanted to uh, to do, I called a heroic combat with him and, and things like that to um, to try and make that fight first. But you call- cleverly called a combat with uh, with the necromancer and a strike with the other to stop me getting my striker in, or no, pairing it off. I think it was. I was yeah. trying to pair it off with um, uh, with with a captain or something like that. But uh, sadly, yours went first. So uh, yeah, so that you basically, I, I took what. Maybe ten or close to ten will off with that with with the first one, oh, yeah, but yeah. but after that, Azog was slowly dragged down um, by the just the uh, just the, the fact that you got strikers in there and I'd run out of might because I'd spent so much might early on. So so Azog did die, but he did manage to do a lot of damage to the Necromancer. Uh, and then basically after that, you kind of ran away.
8: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. So I went into combats to try and die to get the extra move, um, and then well that didn't happen with the uh, Dark Headsman in that in the corner, he's still there now. <laughs> yeah. Cause he couldn't get get, get get getting killed, but then tried to hang about, try and kill, couldn't kill anything. Then Necromancer just went from one side to the other with a keeper chasing him. So a few transfixes later, got stuck in the corner. Uh, and just survived the game with five will
0: mm. yeah it was very close right down to the end I mean I had a pack of orcs um, uh, hunting the necromancer trying to follow him into the corner the hunter orcs managed to chip some more uh, will off him which was ace but uh, again as you say down to four five will in, or is it five will in the end um, which which is you know I think it's pretty, pretty impressive to take 20 will off um, especially since Azog died quite early on and the keeper only got I think one fight against him so uh, that, that, that was that was pretty decent but um not enough, alas, um, because uh, we didn't, I didn't manage to kill the necromancer. So I suppose by this point, um, I, I knew as soon as had died that my strategy had to be to, um, to basically let my, uh, gu- my guys break and then make sure I had guys in an, all of the quarters. So I'd, I'd been doing that throughout the whole game. I'd, I was sort of setting it up uh, to make sure that I had somebody in every quarter. Um, and it was just a matter of... When the break happened, how many of my guys would stay on the table and how many you chased chase down uh, by killing them. Uh, this is the first time that Thrain, uh, the Broken, actually became unbroken. and actually, He became Super Thrain twice. Uh, managed to kill the Lingering Shadow, which is ace. Uh, not permanently, but um, by the end of the game, uh, he, the Lingering Shadow was off the board, so that helps. Um, which meant... I think in the in the final throws of the game, I had uh, I'd managed to kill two of your um, ring rays on one table quarter, which secured me that quarter. because I had two guys left. Um, the other uh, table quarter, you still had a, a ring wraith on. Uh, I had two on, so I got more points for it. And the same for the other uh, quarter uh, that, that I think you said the dark headsman was really struggling to uh, to do the damage. So uh, in the end, I, I got most of the quarters with by the skin of my teeth. But crucially, you had, uh, you, you had one of the quarters yourself after having quartered me. So the final tally, 5-4, victory to Kieran. So, I mean, I, I mean, that feels quite reflective, I think, of the, you know, the twos and throws that we had
8: there. Yeah, absolutely. I think definitely, obviously, I was dying, made a big difference and dying so early. So I mean, if you could have took the Necromancer, it would be a completely different game. Mm. Probably would have been me be, getting quartered and then, you know, being probably nilled essentially yeah. well I, 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 don't know. I don't
0: I, I, I think because your guys are, they're still going to come back on threes I just think the, um, the crucial thing would have, I'd have killed a, a, a magic threat and, and taken the leader victory points and I would have stopped dying, uh, Azog dying which is, which is a big swing so that, that would have bumped me up by three and you down by three or whatever it is um, so yeah that would have been a big swing I don't think I'd have quartered you I think it would have still ended up being me uh, quartering though
8: yeah Essentially, I guess it just plays what Hazel does after he survives. Yeah, quite- if he goes on a bit of a tear, just starts throwing, because he's got the free heroic move as well. Yeah. If he can set multiple Nazgul down while the Hunters are doing the rest of the work, you know, it could be bad yeah, news <laughs> I guess
0: I could have chased them down but either way that's uh, if some buts were candy and nuts we'll all have a Merry Christmas so we're uh, uh, not the case this time uh, but I'm quite happy with a 5-4 uh, loss in the final round in fact I think uh, just until we've re- we-, we did the tally up I think I- I- we both may, may have thought I- I'd have got it because I had more corners. but it was only two points for the quarter and one for the, um, uh, for the contested quarter so not quite enough but either way uh, Kieran a cracking game to end on I, I-, I-, I did say historically I have not enjoyed playing the Necromancer Legion this one was really enjoyable uh, just because it was it was a, a technical match, a quite tricky match, um, but, uh, yeah, I felt like I was in it for the whole game, whereas sometimes when you're just fighting a kind of killy match against them, it's really tough. So, either way, uh, well done, and I guess that puts you on four wins and a draw or
8: something like that, is that right? Uh, four wins, a draw and two losses, I think, yeah. Well,
0: well done, uh, and uh, thanks very much for the game, and thanks again for listening to the podcast.
8: No, thanks for the game as well, yeah.
4: Is
0: himself, Jake Welcome, Jake, to the podcast once again. It feels like you're uh, you're always here on Entmoot, but that's because you keep smashing tournaments. Um, so, first of all, congratulations on another 100-pointer uh, to the roster. How do you feel?
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, fantastic. Had a, a really good weekend. Um, every game I had... Fantastic. It's my first time venturing up north for a 100 pointer, and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. Great, great crew, great group of TOs. Um, yeah, the whole thing from start to finish was. Uh, just a really positive experience
0: yeah yeah it really was i mean uh, will runs great events generally but this one felt like a, a sort of uh, a next level in some ways because the, the the food was all sort of smoothly done they you know yeah. the, the the entertainment in the evening the quiz and all that was was kind of hit stride and and just generally i mean it was boiling hot but he couldn't do anything about that but it just felt like a proper uh, really nice atmosphere
1: yeah, he always does a great job of building what feels like a, a just a mini community for the weekend. Everyone gets on with everybody. There's lots to do. It's just, uh, it's, it's really nice. It feels like a mini holiday sometimes. So, yeah, it was fantastic.
0: Absolutely. Totally agree with that. So, with that in mind, you, you've won another. I, I don't know how many this is now. Is this, you, won, you can't be on four 100-point winners, can you? Is that? Uh,
1: Ripon is my fourth, yes. Wow. Yeah. So,
0: you've got 400 pointers. I mean, that... Does that mean that you're basically guaranteed to win the league this year or is there other things that might happen to uh, unseat you?
1: No, people keep saying this, like, oh, you've basically got it locked down now, right? And then a few weeks later, Farmer wins another one and they're like, oh, I guess you need to go to more events again. So <laughs> it's just that the whole year has been this constant back and forth between between me and Farmer and it's been fantastic. Honestly, it's, it's spurred me on so much having someone constantly on my heels or maybe on his heels. Um, it's, it's been fantastic. So I genuinely think at this point now, it could go to to either of us or even the sneaky little Ash Walger who's pulled in three 100s recently. Mm. um, Yeah, it's it's very tightly contested at the top. Um, There's only a few more events left to go now to secure it. So I don't think anybody is... uh, is really safe.
0: Yeah. So uh, for people who don't know, and I don't often go into the detail on this, but um, the the Great British Hobbit League scoring system is decided by your top four scores. But there's a kind of uh, a fifth one that also comes into play if everyone's equal. So if both you and Farmer get four, four 100 point wins, which are all the biggest events, it comes down to your fifth highest score, and then that could it could ultimately come down to five 100 pointers, I guess, if that's possible at this stage.
1: Yeah, so I think before this weekend, we were currently only separated on eighth tiebreaker or something wow. ridiculous like that. It's it's crazy because we both pulled in 300s and we both pulled in 395s and then it came down to seventh, which I think we both got in 90s. So something really, really minuscule, really down to the details now. So, um, yeah, it's it's very neck and neck.
0: Amazing, amazing. Well, uh, we, so we've spoken to you in the past about a variety of different armies. Um, I think you did, uh, the first time I probably spoke to you was about Lothlorien and, we've, and you've, you've had that army uh, on the go for a while. And I think the last time we spoke it was about Arnor as well, but I may be wrong about that. What have you taken this weekend, uh, Ripon?
1: Yeah, so uh, this weekend, 700 points at uh, Ripon. Um, and given the special rules that Will has introduced, which we can talk a little bit about in a minute, why that impacts my choice, I thought I'd go with Arnor again. Um, and to be honest, all the listeners are probably fed up of hearing me say, oh, Arnor's really good. It's all I take all the time, blah, 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 blah. But that's because it is just really good at low points and I do take it all the time. So um, yeah, it's, it's nothing super special, nothing new that people haven't heard of. It's just Dewey, Malbeth, a couple of captains, And around 50 models, I think, maybe like 51, because I managed to squeak a war horn and a banner in there. And um, yeah, just just basic loads of models. Same as always. If it works, it works.
0: And have you still got that cheeky Hobbit in there, the one with the the horn and the the, the bow and the the resistance to magic for people who,
1: I, I who do Raccoon? I actually reduced myself to, to two this time. <sighs>
0: Lovely. Yeah, so you've got a real re- spread re- really on the
1: army. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Then I've got one with the war horn hiding away, and then I've got just a little cheap 5.1 near the banner for the resistance. Uh, yeah,
0: it's a really clever idea to just be there to resist uh, tremors or or, or uh, the wrath the of Bruuns and stuff like that. So it's yeah. it's
1: it's very very
0: clever. And um, so so with that in mind, you mentioned the. the the special uh, rules for the tournament, we've got the heroic strike that can go up above 10. uh, And we've also got the sort of um, the plus one to uh, heroic move, shoot or combat offs. And if you've lost one, you gain a plus one for the next one, essentially. Um, Did did that factor in much to the tournament?
1: Absolutely. Uh, In in my mind, I think, because a lot of people are thinking, oh, great strikes are, are no longer capped. I'll take a big fight seven or fight nine hero. And they're suddenly much more effective in the, uh, the heroic strikes, which is absolutely true, they are. They've now got so much more potential to just outfight the opponents, um, which actually for the first time makes me think that those bigger choice heroes like your Gil-Galads and whatnot are actually a much more viable choice. But I kind of went the opposite direction with that, thinking, well, if now armies that are needing priority all the time or needing these big strike-offs are, are now going to be more apparent, well, I'll just take an army that doesn't need to win heroic move-offs and never heroic strikes anyway and just say, well, cool, these rules don't matter to me now. And that's what Honour is. The only striker in the list is Abadoui. And because he's your leader, you never want him in a strike off anyway, because it's you know, too risky. And because you've got so many tough models, you just think, well, I'll set my army up turn one and then I don't need to heroic move after that. So... I just kind of went the opposite way with it and thought, well, these new rules are cool, but let's just ignore them and accept the fact that everyone else is probably going to apply to them. And, uh, yeah, it kind of kind of worked out, I suppose.
0: Yeah, because I'd imagine um, people like me are bringing Fight 7 Azogs and, you know, spending the extra point f- points to do that and Gil-Galad's mm. and so on. And you're, you're going, Nope, I'll still just go with a mass of, of models. How many, how many models did you have?
1: I think it was low 50s. I don't think it was as, as high as it could have been. I think 51, if I recall. It's still um, quite a lot
0: at, at 700 points, though, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is it's quite a lot, yeah. By our standards, it's a little low, but that's because I invested a bit more in a couple of banners and a war horn. Um, so I, I might be a bit off with the model count there. But mm. um, yeah, like I say, it's just a lot of models. It's a lot of shooting, which is really good and surprisingly a very low amount of Blinding Light or Shadow Lord over the weekend, which I'm surprised at 700, I thought it'd be quite common, but uh, no, they weren't.
0: That's interesting. So, so yeah, I, I, what what sort of things did you face that, that caused you a headache, or was it a pretty
1: clear run? Uh, so there was the the standard lists that you'd expect to appear at 700. There was a couple of Angmar lists I faced over the course of the weekend, which Arnor is just built great into, so that was really nice. Um, there was the Dragon Emperor list, which is traditionally quite a difficult List for Arnor to conquer, um, but at 700 people can typically afford to bring gear and Ratarby, which is just in, in my opinion, it's not the way I would build the list. So because it drastically reduces the model count, so then Arnor can sort of play around that a little bit. There was um Ooh. there was a, a lot of iron Hills, I think two or three lists of iron Hills and some Hunter Orcs and stuff. Pretty much the standard. Nothing I came across over the course of the weekend was like, oh, that's that's different. That really surprised me. So.
0: Yeah, I guess you're quite experienced at guessing the meta at this point, uh, having won so many hundred pointers over the last year and played at the highest level for quite a while.
1: I mean, I'd like to say that, but yeah. I actually just have a little hive mind of players at Seventh City where we all say, cool, what are you all taking and then I just multiply that by a few to make the event work. Mm. (laughs) Fair enough. It's not not so much skillful prediction, more uh, a look and statistics. That's interesting you said
0: about um, 700 points of Easterlings being, um, uh, you know, giving enough points for people to take Borgir, and the Dragon Emperor, but what would you take?
1: Uh, Well, I know earlier in the year, Ali King trialled his uh, Dragon Knight list, and uh, that's become quite popular. With Some of the top table players are just taking the Emperor and a load of Dragon Knights, maybe a Captain for March. I think I'd run something similar. Hmm. Um, it's not typically a list I think I'll ever play, um, just because the Emperor is, even though he's incredibly good value for what he is, he's quite an expensive model. Yeah. And um, for for grinding, while Dragon Emperor list is pretty good, it's just the the lack of shooting is what sells me out of it. It's one of my, my main utilities. And uh, to take a list that doesn't really have any quality shooting I just think it's, it's not really for me.
0: So Interesting, interesting. Well, Jake, you, you've got more events coming up. You've got to, to uh, slap Farmer away or, or, you know, catch up <laughs> with him if, if by the time this podcast comes out, he's, he's uh, won another event. Uh, I know you've got uh, unnumbered tiers and then at least the finale. Are there any more on the uh, the schedule? And, and what are you planning? Have you got anything planned or are you keeping it shtum?
1: I have got a a few ideas. I think for Unnumbered Tiers, everybody's expecting me to make a return to my Elf list, which is... uh, So Unnumbered Tiers last year was actually the first 100-point event I ever won, and it was with the Elves, uh, because 1,000 works really well for an Elf list. But I've got something a little bit different this year, Mm -hmm. just to mix things up a bit, because I've quickly realised that just taking the same four lists becomes a bit predictable, so I need to vary myself a little bit. I guess and, uh, people, people, people then start... In oh, oh, yeah, sorry. So,
0: yeah, I was going to say, uh, people start, start thinking, oh, I've got to beat... Uh, jake's list and he's been using this so if you're unpredictable it makes it more difficult for them to maybe counter you deliberately if they're expecting yeah, to get to the top exactly. tables i guess yeah and yeah exactly, you, yeah, yeah you've, so... uh, i forgot imps uh imps of course uh, my own tournament um and uh that's that's just janky anyway so that's a complete mess but <laughs> it, trying to work out what anyone's taking that is is pretty tricky but yeah oh, un- it's normally t- good
1: fun though imps is always a, a fantastic event i've yeah. always had a great time there so i'm very much looking forward oh.
0: to it Brilliant, and uh, there's obviously a thousand points for that, and then there's the couple down south of Swindon, and then the finale. So there's there's quite a few still on the on the cards, and and you know who, who knows might there could be a couple of sneaky uh, people catching up and and in for contention, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've got uh, I think four or five more hundreds logged over the year. I think one of the people to watch is probably aside from the obvious ones of me, Farmer and, and Ash. I think Jay Acharya could. Uh, sneak up a little bit he's done quite well recently mixed up a few new hero lists so um, yeah he's definitely one to keep an eye on very good, well,
0: uh, Jake, thank you so much for talking to us again on the podcast. I hopefully we'll cross paths uh, at a future tournament, uh, whether it's on um, number tears or or the finale. I, I won't be going down to Swindon, but best of luck uh, in all of the following uh, tournaments I, I, I can't wait to see you at the top of the podium and to see Dave farmer uh, ch- uh, keeping you uh, keeping you honest i guess uh, chipping away at your <laughs> uh, uh, at your sort of lead it'll be'll uh, be interesting to see who takes the lead at the end uh, uh, thanks again for talking to me here on moot. Ent- Anytime so there you go that was Jake Rawson uh, winner of, of Dice and Men at Ripon. Uh, big thanks to him once again for, for coming on the podcast and, uh, taking some time out after, after travelling home I didn't manage to catch him he was catching a lift and he had to jump in the car and just go straight off so managed to catch him up with him after the event so I really appreciate Jake taking some extra time out to celebrate another of his wins and clearly doing so well in the league like really really riding high in the league so um, I, it'd be really interesting to watch to see if uh, Dave Farmer, Ashley Woolger or, or Jay Oteria, I uh, think are the big big hitters that might might be able to catch up with him, but who knows? Who knows? All it takes is someone to win two 100-point events. And and it could all change. So um, be keen to keen to keep an eye out on what happens there in terms of league positions as we go towards the end of the year. And uh, there'll be more on the GBHL website if you're interested in that sort of stuff. I I don't get lost and tangled up in that too much because I'm often down in the doldrums as I've been uh, during this tournament. Although not really that bad. Um, I, I've I had a really really good event. I really enjoyed it. It was gr- just so much fun. Um, just because the, uh, I mean, I mentioned already earlier on in the podcast that I was camping at the tournament. Michael Islet was uh, camping with me. Um, who else? Uh, Natalie, who we spoke to. Uh, she camped, although we didn't actually see her because she set up a tent in the dark um, and ended up on the opposite side of the campsite. Uh, and then, of course, Alex uh, Temple from Battle Camper was in his camper van the weekend as well. So there was, there was quite a lot of fun. It was really hot. So it's perfect sort of camping weather. Um, but, you know. It, it that's that's just part of it you know it's the it's the social element and you know having the the queers and having some real good bants um with uh, with people at the queers and and all that sort of stuff so yeah, real great event really enjoyed it um and of course I came out of it, obviously you heard there the runner success uh, success sorry maybe you were counting um yourself, maybe you were sort of uh, losing track yourself of of how my successes were were going, but it turned out I got the three wins three losses. And a draw for the seven-game tournament. So, all in all, pretty much a slap-bang average, um, although technically not average, because out of 48 players, uh, I think I was 22nd or something like that. So just slightly uh, top half of the the average, because I had... um, uh, had uh, margin of victory was five VPs uh, and had got uh, which is slightly more than a couple of other people who are also on three wins, three losses and a draw. So, um, so yeah, I was quite happy with that. I got some good wins, um, particularly the draw against Ryan Hinch. Ryan Hinch, if you've uh, uh, not met him in in the flesh uh, before, he's a, he's an incredibly good player. Um, obviously, won against Will, but he was uh, the 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 TO ringer for for this tournament and had um, you know just the the vanquishers in a, in a contest of uh, sorry in an objective scenario. I guess I was lucky to come up against him, um, but either way, um, I, I came very close with uh, with the game against Natalie and um, and that final game there as well with the the dreaded Necromancer again. Oh God, I really don't want to play the Necromancer and the um, those guys again. They're just so frustrating to play against. I've in fact, strangely, I finished. Painting some necromancer, um, so, some of the Nazguls of Dol Guldur recently, because um, uh, for the Battle Streams in Middle Earth live stream, which was talking about there and back again, um, the the book, uh, you know, to accompany that, I, I was talk, I was just thought of paint along with the stream, painted the rest of my Nazgul, which I did ages ago with a, a different kind of army, and I just don't think I'll ever ever get them on the table because. I just find them really unpleasant to play against and I think it's just really mean of me to paint them up and then go, okay, well, I'm going to use them even though I know fully well um, that that it's actually slightly unpleasant to play against. Um, maybe other people have different thoughts, I don't know. But either way, um, that was a tricky game and I really hope I don't come up against them in another tournament anytime soon. But uh, I'm pretty happy I've gone from two out of six wins with the Pits of Dolgulda to three out of seven plus a draw, That's better. That's an improvement. So um, they will probably return, I think. I don't know at what event because there's I've got plans for some fun events coming up. Um, there's a 1,000-point Battle for Unnumbered tiers coming up very soon. And also I've got the um, uh, I've got the GBHL finale, which is 800 points, but it's also a Christmas-themed uh, event, um, so it's like the, the end of the year. So I might come up with some janky Christmas stuff. We'll see. Um, and other tournaments that I have on the agenda are Rings of Men, which is very much a fluff-centred uh, list. And I have a plan for a collaboration with an Australian podcast uh the two towers podcast about that um tournament so hopefully stay tuned for for some uh interesting stuff coming up in future podcasts but in the meanwhile um, don't forget to get in touch about the riddle in the dark to win uh, for your chance to win the um spg magazine uh, the clip will come after the um the boorah stuff and uh, you can have a, a get in touch on entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you think you know who the um the clip is about um and who's, who speaks next and also uh, don't forget to get just get in touch on general thoughts general thoughts we spoke to jake there uh, about um wings of men uh, what do you think about the the jaw thing um i think we'll probably uh, kill that topic in a second but you know Feel free on any topic, maybe suggesting questions that need answering as well. How about the Nazgul? Do you think they should be allowed? They're awful. I hate them. It's, not, not, it's nothing against you. It's nothing against you if you're a Nazgul player, but still. Anyway, that is pretty much it. Until next time for episode 80 of the podcast, we're getting closer and closer to episode 100. I'll have to start coming up with some ideas, but in the meantime, boor